This is the full audio of Season 1 of Fuck Humans. If you would like to help us create a Season 2, please donate in the Ko-fi link located in the show notes below. This is an erotica podcast that focuses on LGBT relationships and teratophilia. Listener discretion is advised. Before me lies a field of wheat, an endless sea of brown and yellow as far as the eye can see. The field looks aggressive, its edges rough and spiky, but I walked through it anyway. My naked body parts through the sea of grain, yet I feel no sharpness or stinging across my flesh. Instead, the grains caress me. They gently brush against my skin, pulling towards my body as if they crave it. They stroke my thighs, fondle my penis, and graze against my ass and tail. My cock hardens, excited by the prairie's ministrations. I smile to myself. I knew it would be like this. The sky is so beautiful, such a rich color of brown and yellow, like the brightest of amber. A raven flies through the sky. One of its feathers floats down and I catch it. The texture of it is weird. It feels silky and smooth, like touching freshly washed hair. It's beautiful. Blacker than the darkest of nights and shines brighter than the purest of obsidian. This smell, I know this smell, this earthy aroma of patchouli and sandalwood. But there are no plants out besides the grain. How can I? My cock pulses. It stands straight up at the sky as if accusing it responsible for its state. Is it? soon. The digits are nearly faded, but I can still tell that it is too early for me to be up. I look outside and watch as the full moon glows in the night sky. Night. Black. The tent in my sheets does not go unnoticed. I place my hand underneath my bedding and begin stroking myself to completion. Hopefully, this will put me out for the rest of the night.
morning, Cherry. Good morning, Captain Basque. Cherry? It's Prince Vax. He's been getting on headquarters about being too friendly with co-workers. He wants us to refer to each other by our titles now. I'm Katabu Sherry, you're Captain Basque. Asmodeus is now Afisa Asmodeus, etc., etc. Prince Vex is neither king of this region or in charge of headquarters, so I will continue referring to my friend by her name. Good morning, Cherry. Fine, but if he comes back, I'm going into secretary mode again. Good morning, Basque. She's been looking healthier these past few weeks. Her horns look stronger, her cheeks rounder, and her fair skin, once dull, now brightens up the room. What's with the big smile on your face? I'm just happy to see you've been eating again. Asmodeus and I were worried that you would be nothing but skin and bones soon. Me? Bony? Never. So, did you finally go to the local brothel like I told you? No offense to the guys and gals down there, but that's the equivalent of eating cheap takeout. You know, you're picky for a succubus. I can't help it if I have a refined taste. So, who's the lucky person? Hmm? Your partner, who's been feeding you. I assume you must be seeing someone, considering how you're glowing right now. Oh, you... you wouldn't know them. This kingdom is only so big. Try me. Well, you see... Our conversation is cut short by the entry of two officers. One I know well. Asmodeus stands tall and proud, like always. His uniform is immaculate. His black beard trimmed and cut. Even his ram-like horns appeared spotless. Next to him was an Uzi. A nervous-looking Uzi at that. Telling by how the face of flowers they were carrying were shaking in their gelatin-like hands. Captain Basque. Kati Bucheri. So, the prince has gone to him too, I see. This is our new recruit, Elmer. He'll be starting on the force today. Uh, uh officer, officer Elmer, reporting for duty, allies. <laughs> At ease, soldier. Oh, are those flowers? They're so pretty. She was right. The petals were brown with minor strikes of yellow. The colors were striking, yet, despite never having seen this plant before, something about them seemed familiar. Ah, yes. Back where I'm from, it's customary to greet new friends with a gift. These are... Hazel. Uh, yeah. Hazel Fay. Are you a botanist, Captain Basque? Uh, uh, no. I, I assumed. Because of the color. I'll put these right on my desk so everybody in headquarters can see them. Um, I don't mean to alarm anyone, but I believe I smell a... a... a human... Calm down, everyone. It's just Basque. Oh, yeah. I forgot. I'm sorry. Captain Basque is... is a... is a human? No. I just work with one. You... you work with one? Technically. I'm sure you've noticed the gigantic stone wall that separates us from the human side of the kingdom. 
Well, in the middle of that wall is a station. We call it the Tunnel. It is the only path in Morimitsu that leads to Kijimura and vice versa. High-ranking Afisas from both regions are sent there to guard the station. We make sure no humans or monsters go through the tunnel without permission. I understand, but... I mean, to work so close to a human... We're cut off by a glass window. He stays on his side, and I stay on mine. However, there are holes in the glass that allow us to speak to each other. This is how I believe the human scent gets on me. His cologne is quite strong. May I ask why the wall was built? Back where I'm from, such extreme measures aren't necessary. About a year ago, there was an incident. A monster got caught with two human lovers. Two? Well, he was a Limia. And you know, two dicks. Anyway, that caused a huge uproar in the kingdom. Our king and the queen of Kijijimura built the wall to make sure an incident like that never happened again. But what happened to the monster and humans? Well, Lamia is carrying out his hundred-year sentence as we speak. The humans, however, were apparently very well known in Kijijimura and got off only with paying a fine. Ah, humans. Ah, this conversation reminds me. We need to be leaving soon. Huh? Don't say you've forgotten. It is the first of the month. King Jamal has his monthly meeting with the Council of Order today. Once every month, the King holds a meeting with the Council of Order. The point of the meetings is to discuss the current ongoings in the monster-based regions. High-ranking officers such as Asmodeus and I are sent to every gathering to protect the king, in case one of the council members felt the sudden urge to overthrow him. In all my years of being an officer, I never have seen a member of the council attempt to do so, but it is not the council I am worried about. Prince Vex is sitting at the end of the table. He looks more irritated than usual. His spotted ears are glued to his skull as if already on the attack. He also keeps picking at the thread of his robes, ruining the expensive fabric. Shame. It's such a fetching garment. A yellow baroque pattern on brown linen. Colors that remind me of... Still with us? Why? Sorry. I was just hoping that this meeting ends soon. The faster it ends, the faster I can get tunnel duty over with. And now for the last item of the meeting... The Treaty. There are lots of minor terms and conditions to the Treaty, but to keep this short, I'll just mention the major ones. The Treaty of Peace states as follows. To keep peace amongst each other, humans and monsters must stay in their own territory. Officers must accompany if ever a reason a human must enter monster territory, or vice versa. If a human or monster is caught on land that is not their own without an Afisa in accompaniment, the choice of punishment can be imprisonment or death. The same rule applies if ever a human and a monster are caught having sexual relations. <coughs> in the rare case of a human and monster forming a romantic relationship, the option of imprisonment is withdrawn, and the only choice is death. If these rules are not upheld, the treaty can be nullified and thus the war can continue.
For those of you who wish to keep the treaty intact, including ugh, the condition of keeping human and monster separated, please raise one of your hands, paws, wings, or other appendages. Every hand goes up except one. Of course. For those who oppose- Yes, I do. This treaty is nonsense and will never last. We need to attack the humans, not try to be their friends. Your Highness, with all due respect, you've made this argument several times before. And in those several times, we have explained to you that it does not benefit us or the environment to attack the humans. It's not about making friends, but about keeping the continent livable. War causes great damage to the environment. Or do you not remember how our great ancestors tore this planet apart due to their oil and coal-fueled battles? Yes, but we have evolved. We have solar-powered weapons now. If we attack them when they least expect it, we can get them before they get us. And why do you believe the humans plan on attacking us, brother? Have you not seen how quickly their technology advances compared to ours? It will only be a manner of days before they're on our kingdom steps with their lasers and bombs and microwaves. Treaty states that any advancement of war tech must be shared between both sides. And you just expect the humans to keep their word? The incident from a year ago would be the perfect excuse to end the treaty. Brother, if you end it now, you can help bring on a new era for monster kind all over. No. But- No! If I nullify the treaty, I put the lives of many monsters at risk. War is serious, Vex. People die on both sides. It's irresponsible for you to even ask for such a thing when you yourself have never even picked up a sword. The treaty has lasted for a thousand years, and it will last a thousand more. Now, if there are no more objections, meeting dismissed. Captain Basque, can you stay behind, please? Uh, yes, your highness. We walk into one of his private boudoirs. Despite its grand decor, the room is quite peaceful. I note the kingdom's flag hanging above the nearby fireplace. The white crescent moon symbol on the blue fabric adds a nice royal touch to the room. How goes it at the tunnel? Fine, your highness. I feel like after today's meeting, I shouldn't have to stress the importance that it be heavily guarded at all times. We keep watch over it 24-7. The humans do the same. Good, good. He looks exhausted. Talking to Prince Vex would do that to you. A full-blooded were-hyena. Powerful and strong, yet somehow arguing with his brother had made him look so drained. Your Highness, may I have a moment to speak freely? Go on. Prince Vex's sudden call for war is concerning. To be honest, his entire behavior these past few months has been worrying. Setting rules for headquarters, randomly ordering searches on vendors, attempting to ban any tech that is even close to being human-adjacent. If he's not careful, I'm going... Uh, the people may find a reason to send him to the guillotine. <laughs> yes, I understand my brother can be, uh, 
A lot. But please, try to hold your anger with him. Even as royalty, Vex had to live a hard life. You know, my father found him, abandoned on the streets, while traveling one day. He... couldn't have been more than a day old. On top of being teased for his mixed heritage, he had to grow up knowing his parents abandoned him. I believe his animosity for humans is more of self-hatred than anger. The more he attacks humans, the less he believes he is one. It's sad, honestly. I understand. I'll keep this in mind the next time I encounter the prince. And I will try to lessen my brother's dictator rulings. <laughs> Maybe I can calm him down by offering him some human fruit. As much as he claims to hate humans, he absolutely adores their produce. But I am keeping you here for too long. I'm aware that you have tunnel duty today. Yes, at noon. I'll be on high alert, making sure that peace continues throughout the kingdom. If I could kill him, I would. He does this every time. He brings in some rancid-smelling human concoction and places it right next to the glass window. And I know he does it on purpose. You've been glaring at me for a while now, Puff. Got anything you want to say? I see the amusement in his eyes. His bright, hazel eyes. No. Are you sure? You look ready to breathe fire. It couldn't be my lunch that's bothering you, is it? He then touches the soggy wrapped, whatever that is leaning against the window. I know you monsters have a more heightened sense of smell than us humans, but I hope it's not bothering you that much. He brushes his hair out of the way, and for a moment, I'm mesmerized by the shine. His hair is impossibly black, like staring into a void. Do human aphesas not have dress codes? What? Your hair is too long. If someone attacked you, all it would take is a simple grab at your ponytail and the match would be over. His hands ball up into fists. His brown skin reddens. It's a fish tail. It's childish, but I enjoy upsetting him. An eye for an eye, as they say. Regardless, it's inconvenient for battle. I do well in combat, Spyro. Hope the treaty remains intact and you never have to find out how well. Why wait on a piece of paper? You have the key. Use it. Again, I'm not usually this childish. But there's something about him that makes me want to get under his skin. And if I didn't care about the human race, I would. You should praise Anyanwu that I never lose my loyalty to humanity. Big talk for such a small man. You really think you can take me on? I can take all of you. Good afternoon, gentlemen. Good afternoon, Paz. Another delivery to the Humans Research Department? Yes, we recently discovered that some of the plants in this region can boost the effects of certain human medicine. Angel, the human I am forced to do my shift with takes out the paperwork and starts writing down the necessary information for Pascal's drop-off. He's an ass, but he's diligent. I will at least give him that. 
Name? Pascal. And? And what? Ugh. I keep forgetting you monsters don't have proper last names like us. I glare at him, but it goes unnoticed. Not like it matters anyway. There's nothing he can say that could dampen Pass's obsession. Okay, item? Plant samples from Morimitsu. Location? The Department of Research at Kijijimura. Have the items in question been shrunken down for transport? Yes, I got them done by a witch this morning. They should be good for at least five hours before returning to normal size. Put the items through the chute, please. Pascal places three miniature crates on the delivery table near me. The chute above the table sucks up the crates and spits them out on Angel's side. You will receive one of our headquarters messenger birds to let you know when your package has been delivered. Thank you. I... What is that on your wrist? Here we go. This? It's a watch. A watch? But it has no gnomon or markings. Instead, it appears to be made of glass and metal. What are those lines inside, and why is one moving? Oh, these? We call these hands. You have the tall one. It's the hour hand. The shorter one is the minute. And the one that is moving is the seconds, though technically they all move. You see, every time the second hand circles around, the big and short hands drift to the next number. Fascinating. Pascal is a good and smart bird, but I often dread his visits to the tunnel. His fascination with human tech makes his deliveries long. Every time he drops off a package, he catches hold of one of the many gadgets the human officers carry, and can't resist asking questions about them. What makes it worse is how much Angel enjoys it. He clearly loves having a lonely monster asking him about all the advancements humans have made over the years. His interaction between Pascal and me are like night and day. I get sneers while Pascal gets smiles. It's infuriating. Tell me, is this watch based on past human tech? Yeah, every day we find more relics and junk that allow us to recreate our ancestors' inventions. Your species tech is so interesting. I often wish I could visit your research department, pick a few brains on how to improve monster tech. The silence is brief, but noticeable. None of us feels the need to comment on the obvious. In theory, it is possible for Pascal to visit the human's department, as long as he requests an escort mission. However, Ephesus don't volunteer to take part in such assignments. We are too loyal to our regions. Besides Pascal, no monster would ever want to step foot on the human land, and it could be said the same vice versa. Well, I should be going. Please keep my package safe. Yeah, see ya, Feathers. Feathers? <laughs> Today was a busy one. First the meeting, then tunnel duty. How does this keep happening? We're separated by a window. A window with holes so tiny only buttons could fit through them. And yet somehow, I still keep coming home smelling like him. It's such a heavy scent too. Sandalwood and patchouli. If I don't get my uniform cleaned soon, the smell will flood the house. I can already feel it lingering in my nose. I need to... I'm hard. It seems my libido has been going haywire lately. 
popping up at random like a mere boy dragon. I blame tunnel duty. Ever since I got tasked with guarding it, I haven't had time for dating or even a simple hookup. <sighs> My cock springs free into the cool night air. It's drenched in pre-cum and pulses with need. I take in a deep breath and his scent fills my nose. I don't want to be reminded of him while I'm doing this, but suddenly he's all I can think about. Masturbating? How primitive. As if you humans don't do it too. Uh, yes, but at least we have the decency to keep it in the bedroom. I imagine him kneeling on the floor, his face inches away from my dick, looking it over as if grading it. Such a weird-looking cock, too. Black like onyx and unnaturally big. Don't act like you're not impressed. What makes you think I'm impressed? Besides, I bet face is weird. What? My balls tighten and the head of my cock leaks like mad. I'm so close. You heard me, Dragon Boy. I said I wonder how it tastes. And I imagine it. I imagine Angel's tongue taking a long, leisurely lick from the balls of my cock. To the head of my shaft. I see white. I open my eyes and see my release on the window floor. But in my mind, I imagine it splattered on Angel's face. The white fluid contrasts beautifully with his brown skin. It drips over his bright hazel eyes. I even got some in that gorgeous, silky hair of his. Ugh, rude. And then he fades away. <sighs> Maybe I'm the one who needs to go to a brothel. That came from outside. Who's out here? It takes me a few moments to recognize the body at first. Their limbs blend well in the branches of the tree. What the... I walk over to the body hanging in the huge oak tree that takes up most of my yard. Whoever this person is has been hurt bad. There are cuts all over their skin and their clothes aren't in any better shape. Speaking of which, their clothes are a uniform of an Ephesus, but a human one. That, that aroma. I push away the curtain of black hair that hides the stranger's face, and I'm not at all surprised at what I see. Angel. Dragon's serpent-like body slithers around me as it gets ready to make another attack. 
Wow. His fangs brushed right against my chest that time. Now that I think about it, are amphiteers venomous? Probably should have asked them before agreeing to fight one. I can't keep jumping around this ring like I'm doing some forgotten Irish dance. I need an opening. It's bat-like wings attempt to break free of the leather straps that bind them. The monster makes the mistake to look at what's restraining him. That's my chance! I get on the beast's back and it rolls on the ground, trying to shake me off. Being thrashed into the rocky ground isn't pleasant. I'm feeling dizzy from the rolling around, and I can feel bruises starting to form on my back. But I can't give up. This is a dragon. A dragon just like him. Well, not really, but close enough. If I can defeat this monster, that means I can defeat him. Unfortunately, I lose my grip. As I bucked off the beast's back, my hand comes in contact with a piece of flesh. I've kissed this crowd more than I've kissed men at this point. I definitely felt flesh on that creature, but it's all scales. Where is it? Where is it? There! Under its neck is one scale that seems to be a lighter shade than the rest. are even more violent than last. I can barely steady my hands long enough to get on the scale. But in the end, I do. <laughs> Seems I tamed the wild beast. What's going on here? Everyone back into headquarters. Everyone except you, Angel. Do you mind explaining to me why there's an amphidor in headquarter grounds? It flew over the gate, ma'am. I was just doing my duty by... Tickling it? Well, not at first. <sighs> Angel, you know the rules. Either kill or imprison. I know, Vesta, but... The kingdom has been so boring these past few months. Me and the others were just trying to have some fun. They wanted to see if I could take it down with no weapons, and I did. Cool, right? It would have been. If you hadn't cheated. What? Cheated? The creature's wings are bound. I needed to make it a fair fight. Fair? You're allowed to use both your hands and feet while it can only slither and bare its fangs? You're right. I should have given myself two daggers to make up for the fangs. Angel. I shouldn't have brought it on the grounds. I'm sorry. That's okay. Clean the headquarters up and the downstairs bathrooms as punishment. What? Just because you're my favorite officer doesn't mean you get off easy. Besides, it could have been worse. If you had lost, I would have made you clean the refrigerator in the break room station. Do we still not know what that gray slime in the freezer is? No, and I don't want to find out. Huh. The creature has been quiet up to this point. I almost forgot about it. 
When it's not growling or trying to grind you into the ground, it looks almost kind of cute. Did it fly over the gate? I assume so. We found it resting near the lake nearby. Will the kingdom ever barricade the border above the wall? You know the only way we can do that is by getting the help of the witches. And you know how they are. I suppose you're right. It was a fun battle, my friend. But unfortunately, rules are rules. What, what are you doing? Uh, the law? Imprison or kill, remember? It would be a hassle trying to send this thing over to Morimitsu. So that just leaves... Wait. Vesta, what the hell? There. You... you just let it go? Yes. Yes, I did. But what about the rules? It... it would have been even more of a hassle trying to clean up the dead body. Let's let it go for now. It learned its lesson, and won't be coming back anytime soon. Oh, so captains can break the rules. What was that? Nothing. That's what I thought. Go back inside and clean up. Oh, an angel? Hmm? Cut your hair. If that creature had had claws, you would be dead right now. Afternoon, Lyric. Ah, afternoon, Afisa Perez. Another stink sandwich, I presume? You know it. Okay, so I'm going to need some natto, a piece of Limburger cheese, a scoop of locust beans, a dab of Donjang, and... Oh, you wouldn't happen to have a piece of rotten fruit to top it all off. Durian, if possible. <sighs> People travel all over the continent to get a taste of my legendary fruits. And here you are, asking me for the rotten ones. Here. Nice. Tell me, is this all worth it? I mean, doesn't the smell get to you too? Yes, but not as much as it gets to him. I understand monsters aren't our allies, but is he that bad? The worst. He thinks he's so much better than me, pretending to be all proper and reserved. I know he's just a wild beast like the rest. They're no better than untamed animals. Do you know that most of them don't even pray to gods? I've heard rumors that some do. Just not to the human ones. No wonder their technology is so behind. Speaking of monsters... Ms. and Ms. Triad, the once most powerful couple in the socialite community, walk solemnly as they pretend to ignore the onlookers' judging stares and whispers. Serves them right. Poor things. Poor? They committed treason! To this day, I still don't understand it. Why risk all of humanity just to have sex with a slimy snake? Maybe they were in love. D do you know what you are implying by even hinting at something like that? I'm just saying that I've traveled around this great continent for years, and I've seen a lot of things. You know that treaty isn't respected in all kingdoms, right? I've been on land where humans and monsters live amongst each other in peace. Guess I won't be traveling anytime soon. 
It makes sense they would risk punishment just to be with the person they love. That or the sex was amazing. Ugh, gross. Hey, don't sink their kink. Anyway, what will it be? Trade or coin? Coin, please. See you next time. Hmm? In the distance, I see two women waving at me. One, a dazzling woman whose milky dark skin glowed brighter than the huge yellow gown she was wearing. The other, a slender figure whose silk-white dress and long red hair makes her look like a fragile angel. Queen Amani, Daphne, what brings you two to the market? Why, gossip, of course. This is the hottest place in the kingdom for all the ladies' dish. Do you know that I heard the baker is cheating on his husband with the kingdom's blacksmith? She says this while rubbing at the yellow scarf around her neck. It's a fashion choice she made years ago. I didn't understand the trend at first, but I must admit, it's grown on me. Please, tell me you're here for a less scandalous reason. Yes, being around actors 24-7 can be exhausting. I enjoy taking walks in the market. It's nice being surrounded by people who have personalities instead of just egos. Ugh, tell me about it. I have tunnel duty with this monster named... Bask. Yeah, and... Did I really tell you guys about him? You always tell us about him, dear. You talk more about him than anything else. It's one of the main reasons that Jeweler broke up with you a month ago. Shit! How did you... I never told anyone! I told you. The best place for gossip. Anyway, I can't help talking about him. He's just so frustrating. Always acting so high and mighty, thinking I'm beneath him. Has he said that to you? Well, no, but I know he's thinking about it. Are you sure? You only know him based on a few hours a week. What if he's a different monster outside of tunnel duty? Let's say Morimitsu and Kichijimura unified. What if you two had to... Unify? Your Highness, please don't tell me that we're integrating with the monsters. <sighs> no. The Council of Order still agrees to keep humans and monsters separated. Good. You had me worried for a second. If me and Basque had to live amongst each other like neighbors... See? This is what we mean. You can't go a minute without talking about the dragon. I at least thought today you would be more focused on Vesta than him. Huh? Vesta? Why? You... haven't heard? No, heard what? Oh, the message must have not been sent yet. What message? No, I can't tell. Don't want to ruin the surprise. Oh, okay. Okay, I'll talk. Captain Nakamura will be given the badge of honor soon. Vesta, really? Yes. The council and I decided it this morning. To be honest, she should have forgotten a long time ago. Crime has gone down since she became captain. She kicked out all the bad eggs in the department, and she even found a way to train you. Yeah, I... Hey! In two weeks, she'll be given the badge, land, and put down in the record books of Kijijimura history. No captain is more deserving. Yes, but remember, keep it a secret. Of course. I have to go to tunnel duty, but I promise not to say a word until then. Thank you, Queen Amani.
My truck to the tunnel is usually one filled with dread, but there's a little pep to my step after hearing the news about Vesta. I won't even say this to her, though I'm sure she already knows, but she's the main reason I became an officer. I remember when she had battled a chimera that had gotten into the kingdom years ago. The beast lasted 15 minutes before she took it down with only a piece of rope and an arrow. She was also one of the few officers who gave a shit about the people and not just the elite. She deserves this honor. <sighs> Let's get this over with. No matter how many times I enter this room, I could never get used to how eerie it looks. White, sterile, and practically empty. More like a lab than a place to guard. The beast is staring at me. His black reptilian body sticks out like a sore thumb within these white walls. He's sitting, which always pisses me off, as his sitting form brings him to eye level to my standing height. I walk over to my desk and drop my sandwich right in front of the glass window connected to it. He glares at me and I smirk. Oh, let the games begin. Oh, man! Oh, I should have gotten light on those locust beans. But it was worth it. Toothless was about ready to puke by the end. I run through the forest while keeping an ear out for the call of distress. Are they in pain? What the? I, I can't believe she wouldn't. How? Why? Mister, please. Color? Green. Good. That means you can last a little longer. This can't be real. But it is. My hero, Captain Vesta Nakamura, is in the middle of the forest, having sex with a monster. She's on the ground, wearing nothing but the top of her uniform. Her hair is wild, and her eyes are glazed over with lust, as she stares down at the naked demon below her. Her fingers, coated in the demon's essence, shine in the moonlight as she pushes them in and out of the creature's lower lips. The beast, a succubus, trembles beneath her as it fills the forest with its moans of pleasure. Look at you, an absolute panting and desperate mess. All because of a human. What would your fellow monsters think if they saw you now? Vesta's fingers move faster. Would you like that, sweetie? Me fucking you in front of your species. Wouldn't you want to show them how good you are for me? Yes. Yes. Vesta adds another finger. She's being relentless now. Her hands move at piston like speed as the creature's fluids flow down her arm. By the way the demon is shaking and gasping for breath, I can tell she's striking her mark. You have been good tonight. Very well. Vesta moves her head down between 
the demon's legs. She sucks and looks away at the creature's swollen clit as her fingers continue to move in and out. Vesta holds the demon's legs in place as she greedily swallows her release. I've never seen her with such a raw and joyful expression on her face. Like a cat who just got its cream. So, up for another round? I hide behind a nearby tree, making sure to be as quiet as possible. Uh, who's the succubus here? Fair enough. I need to go to work early anyway. I see it. I saw it. I still can't believe it. Vesta's been serving the kingdom for 18 years. She's honorable, smart, patriotic. She would never commit treason. She would never risk breaking the treaty. Same time tomorrow? If I'm not still stuffed. This... This can't be happening. This has to be some type of, of trick or magic. That's it. Monsters are known for having devilish types of magic. I'm sure that demon has her under some spell. I need to kill it. I wait until Vesta disappears. The succubus still stands in the forest, struggling to put on a tank top that got caught between her horns. I slowly walk towards the beast with my hands on the hilt of my sword. The creature gets its top on, but its back is still towards me. Good. I can take it out from behind. Suddenly, like literal magic, two huge purple bat-like wings spring from the demon's back. I wasn't expecting it, and like a fool, I let out a shout. Ah! Shit! She's staring at me now, and she looks ready to either run or fight. I don't even wait for it to finish. We thrash about on the ground, kicking and punching at each other like a schoolyard tussle. She knees me right in the fucking jewels. I kneel over in pain, which gives her the chance to escape. Asshole. She's going to run. I can't let her... She leaps into the sky and I launch for her again. This time, I grab a hold of her ankle. Get off! She uses her free foot and kicks me in the face, but I don't let go. Through the pain of having my face stomped on, I realize my feet are no longer on the ground. I use my other hand to stop her kicking and look below me to see that I am several feet in the air. Considering its frame and height, I'm surprised it has the strength to even carry me. This is bad. Okay, so you want to go for a ride, fucker? Ugh, we're wheezing through the sky now. She's doing every loop and twist she can to shake me off. I feel myself getting dizzy. Oh, man. My head's throbbing, and I fear that the bagel I had this morning's about to make a reappearance. Nausea combined with erratic flying is too much for me. My hands lose their grip and I fall into the night abyss. I black out.
<laughs> I don't know where I am. I'm in a cabin, I think. Everything from the floor to the ceiling is made of wood. There are pieces of cozy-looking furniture around, but no items that give any sense of whose home I'm in. I look down to see I'm in a bed, a huge one, maybe one bigger than that of a queen's. I pull down the sheets wrapped around me. I'm naked, left with only my underwear. My body is covered in scars and bruises. More noticeably, my stomach is wrapped around with a bunch of white bandages. You should try to keep still. My body goes cold. My heart stops. I don't blink. I just... I just freeze and stare at... Him. The dragon, Basque, he's here. In this room, with me. A human. My mind is now racing a mile a minute. What the hell happened? Why am I here? Is this a trap? Am I going to die? He walks towards the bed. I move backwards. I said don't move. You'll reopen your wounds. He's right next to the bed now. His body is so huge. I've always known this, but I never had him this close to me before. His stature shadows over the entire bed, and I hate it. It makes me feel so weak, especially with the state I'm in now. He kneels down, and I notice a pair of items in his hands. A tube of clear liquid and a bundle of bandages. He sets the items on the floor and then reaches for me. I grab his hand to stop him. We stare at each other in silence. There are a thousand questions and answers that need to be said between us right now. Yet the only question that keeps coming up in my mind is, why does his skin feel so warm? I always imagined it cold, rough, maybe even slimy, but it's soft and warm. Not at all different from a human's. I need to change your bandages and apply some ointment. If I don't, your wounds will get infected and you will be in even more pain than you are now. I let go of his arm. I'm not sure why. What he said makes sense, but then again, none of this makes sense. Where am I? Morimitsu. How did I get here? That's what I would like to know. What? I found you in my backyard, hanging off a tree. And then it all comes rushing back to me. That succubus. She must have flown me past the gate. Shit. Do you remember how you got there? No. His big yellow eyes stare at me, and I can tell he knows that I'm lying. Okay. This is an ointment made with monster herbs and witch's magic. It will ease and heal you over time. The ointment is chilling, but he was right. The effects were instantaneous. The sharp pain I feel in my stomach eases into a nice tingle sensation. Turn over. That's not a phrase I'm used to hearing outside my bedroom, so I can't help but blush as I do as I'm instructed. His massive palms massage the ointment onto my bruised back, and it feels... <sighs> Am I hurting you? No, it just feels 
good. Oh. I feel his hands traveling lower down my body, and I remember I'm naked. Is he going to... Is he going to massage there? How did I even get naked anyway? Was he the one who undressed me? Wait! Why am I here? Only you will be able to answer that. No! I mean, why am I not in prison? I'm a human, Morimitsu. You're an Afisa of this territory. Law states that you should have imprisoned me within seconds of discovering my presence. You were injured. The treaty states that under subsection C, physical and mental conditions of the trespasser do not matter. They are to be brought immediately to headquarters. You actually remember the clauses of the treaty? I'm an Afisa. Yes, but it's... you. I recognize the law, and uphold it just like you, but it's not fair. You're injured. If I had taken you to headquarters, you wouldn't have received proper treatment, and your injuries would have gotten worse, probably to the point of even dying. And you care? I care about what is right. So, what? You're going to wait until I heal and then arrest me? I... Don't know. You clearly didn't get into that tree on purpose, and I don't feel right imprisoning you for something that may have not been your fault. Until you remember how you got there, all we can do now is wait for you to heal. Okay. So we'll wait. Yes. We'll wait. Good morning, Captain Basque. Same order as last time? Yes, please. One head of lettuce, six tomatoes, a bag of rice, and a stack of corn tortillas. Will this be coin or trade? Coin. I must say, Captain Basque, I'm happy to have you come around to my shop lately. I don't see you in the market that often, and when I do, you usually leave with only some bread and butter. I was worried there for a second, but it's nice to see that one of our finest is eating properly. <laughs> did... did I say something funny? No, it's just that. You're not the only one who's been commenting on my eating habits lately. I grab the spoon, ready to eat my meal, but stop as I feel eyes on me. I look across the room and see him staring at me with a mixed expression of annoyance and confusion. Is something wrong? Is that all you eat? Rice and beans with a bowl of fruit? What? Because I'm a dragon, you expected me to eat live cattle or something? No. Well, kind of, but th that's not what I'm talking about. Rice and beans isn't really a meal. Don't you ever want to eat anything with flavor? It's not like I'm forcing you to eat it. And I praise Anyanwu you don't. However, I would like to eat something with more sustenance than soup. I have injuries, not a fever. Stop it. You'll hurt yourself. It's been a week. I'm sure I'm well enough to walk on my own. He stumbles but remains upright. I still walk with him just in case he needs my help. What are you doing? I'm going to make us some real food. Where is your refrigerator? My what? 
a refrigerator, you know, where you keep all the cold stuff. Oh, my icebox. It's over there. Icebox? My gods, you monsters are even more behind than I thought. Yep, as barren as a desert. I eat what I need. I have a busy schedule and I don't have the time to make a gourmet meal. Taste this. He points a wooden spoon covered in some brown liquid towards my mouth. Is it poison? Yes, I want to kill you so I can be trapped in Morimitsu forever. Just try it. I open my mouth and allow the spoon to enter. A powerful combination of spice and salt hits my tongue. Hmm. And that's just sriracha mixed with soy sauce. If you buy more groceries, I can make your meal so you can focus on your busy schedule. Why would you want to do that? Well, I would like to eat something solid for once. And besides, it's not like I have anything else to do around here. He avoids looking me in the eyes. His fingers tap nervously on the counter. I noticed his cheeks are a darker shade than usual. Ah, I see. Why are you smiling? <laughs> no reason. I'll go shopping tomorrow. Hello, Captain Basque. How can I help you this morning? Yes, do you have any books on monster history? Only a few. We have monster world history, ancient monster history, and monster art throughout the ages. Which one will you be taking? All three, please. Oh, doing research? Something like that. There is something mesmerizing about him as he silently reads on the couch. He looks so calm and peaceful. An extreme contrast from his usual brash and mouthy self. Is this all true? That book? Yes, I believe so. Though it's an old book from my schooling years, so it's not as detailed as a history book for adults. Why do you ask? Back when I was younger, history wasn't really my strong suit. When I read things, I often would get confused. I don't believe it was because I wasn't trying or anything. It was more like... Like the textbooks were missing certain pieces of information. When I asked teachers about this, they basically told me to shut up. Just read what was given. Now that I read this, everything is starting to make sense. You monsters have contributed a lot to human development. Without us even knowing. Our judicial system, medicine... Fuck, even some festivals... Hmm. Well, I can understand why they didn't teach you these things. It's not like you would need to know, since monsters and humans don't interact with each other. Yeah, but once upon a time we did. Our cultures once blended with each other, and when we separated, we each lost a part of ourselves. I would have never guessed that he could say something so insightful. If you want, I can buy you more books on the subject. I would like it, but... I'm... I'm already taking up your time and space as it is. You don't... No, it's fine. I want to. His eyes light up. My heart skips. I ignore it. Hello. You wouldn't sell any leisure clothing, would you? We have tank tops and sweatpants. 
Can you give me a top in a size medium and pants in a size, uh, large? How many legs and arms? Also, any tailor wing openings? Two arms, two legs. No openings, please. I'm home. Welcome back. What? That shirt. You're wearing it's... It's mine. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I hope you don't mind. I can't keep wearing my uniform with how damaged it is. And I'm not much of an exhibitionist, so... That just leaves me your wardrobe. It's an old torn white shirt. One I used to wear during my training. It's so big on him. He looks like a kid wearing his dad's clothes. Is this a problem? Uh, no, it's fine. That shirt still has my scent on it, and now it mixes with his. I can smell it even at this distance. Uh, your tail is wagging. What? Damn. Okay, what's going on here? If you don't want me to wear the shirt, just say it. I said it's fine. Your tail is wagging again. Mm. Scales? Look, it's just a foolish monster custom. Specifically to us dragon hybrids. It's a sign of intimacy to allow our partners to wear our clothing. Oh. I don't want to make things awkward. I can take it off. No. Keep it. Your uniform is destroyed and I won't force you to walk around here naked. Your tail is still wagging. Next time I go to the market, I'll get you some clothes. <sighs> Not again. Please. These are the only merch I have. Then I suggest selling other goods. Ones made by monsters. Afisa, take his stuff away. Yes, sir. Afisa Elmer, stop. Uh... Um... Yes, sir? You dare try to stop a royal from carrying out a law? What law is this merchant breaking? He holds up one of the seller's wares. It's a circular object I've only seen one time before. Back when I had to visit Pascal's lab, I remember seeing a whole stack. Do you know what this is? A CD, I believe. A CD that plays human music. We may restrict humans from entering Muramitsu, but not their goods. This seller is doing nothing wrong, Your Majesty. He's right. Humans are funny creatures, but I enjoy their music. As our ancestors used to say, they are a bop. First it's their goods, next it will be their laws. It starts little by little, until next thing you know the humans have taken us over. Afisa, take it all. Elmer, stop, or you will face punishment back at headquarters. Stop, and you will face punishment from the castle. I, um, uh, back where I'm from, things aren't so confusing. You're something else. You think just because I'm half-monster you can disregard everything I say. I remember the king's words. My annoyance turns into pity. This has nothing to do with your background, your highness. 
I simply do not wish for you to punish a citizen when they've done nothing wrong. If you take this merchant's goods, I will have to make a complaint with the king. I believe you already know whose side he will choose if I do that. Not even in battle have I ever seen someone glare at me with such hatred in their eyes. You better hope I never take my brother's place. Let's go. <sighs> my nose follows the smell of cayenne pepper and ground ginger into the kitchen. That smells good. What are you cooking? Caribbean spiced chicken. Caribbean? Yeah, we still refer to it by its old name. You know, before the Seven Lands merged. I guess we would call it Cudorico, or maybe even Nikoma Spiced Roast Chicken now. I brought you some things. Clothes? Yes, and some books as well. The books can wait. I've been walking around here pantless for about a month. Thank God your shirts are so big, or you would have been seeing my bare ass on more than one occasion. Hmm. I have. I just haven't told him. I'll go change. Can you set up dinner? Yes. Any more word from Kijimura? Afisa stopped asking me questions about your disappearance a week ago. Thanks for disappearing right after tunnel duty, by the way. Didn't make me look suspicious at all. Hey, it wasn't like I was planning on flying over the gate that night. So you flew. I... Uh, I don't remember. So, we're still playing this game. You say this meal comes from Kuririko or Nikoma. Were you born in one of those places? I know I used to live close by them, but I'm not sure where. My parents were traveling bards, so we never stood in one place long. Traveling? That sounds interesting. Have you ever traveled? No. Don't have the time for it. <laughs> you would say that. What does that mean? Traveling is fun, and you're all work and no play. I have fun. Do you? All I ever see you do is go to work and sit around at home. Does Morimitsu not have any good bars or theaters you can go to? Did it ever occur to you I don't have the time to go out when I'm busy harboring a human in my house? Yeah, that's it. Just admit you're boring, Jake Long. I've been meaning to ask you. Why do you always call me those names? Names? Jake Long, Spyro. What do they mean? I guess you wouldn't get those references. They're characters from TV shows and video games. Are you even speaking Jahili at this point? Our scientists have reinvented the old tech known as television. With it, we can watch lost media that our ancestors once enjoyed. TV shows are like plays, but the actors' movements have already been recorded. Recorded? You mean like how our voices are recorded in the tunnel? Something like that. Just know that every time I call you a random name, I'm just referring to a character from human media. Are these characters like me? Sort of. They're dragons. Oh. So TV shows have a lot of dragons in them. Not really. I just tend to watch the ones that do. What? You go out of your way to watch shows with dragons in them? I mean, not on purpose or anything. Hmm. <laughs> Listen, the dragons on TV are different. They're cool and wise. You're... You're... 
Go on. You were supposed to be... I was supposed to be what? Cool. I've always imagined that if we met face to face, you know, without the glass, it would end in death, either yours or mine. I, I thought your bougie attitude was just for show. Bougie? You act all professional and uptight when in the tunnel, but if we ever met in person, it would be fangs and swords out within seconds. Instead, you took care of me, healed me, even fed me. Would you have preferred I just left you for dead? Yes. No, I don't know. This is all weird. A month ago, you were my enemy. Now... Now? He has these moments where he stays silent and an intense expression forms on his face, like he's taking a moment to figure out all the world's greatest problems. Listen, I'm going to say this once, so don't interrupt me. Because of my limited knowledge about monsters and being raised in a society where hating monsters is considered the norm, I may have formed some bigoted opinions about your kind. I may have even voiced them. May? Don't interrupt. <clears throat> I'm sorry. Oh. What is that all you have to say? I don't know what to say. I never expected an apology from him. And for it to sound so genuine, well, it just takes me by surprise. You said that I've healed you. Does that mean you're back to your original health? He gets up from the table and flexes his biceps. I feel better than ever. I'm no longer limping. My cuts and bruises are gone. Even that sharp pain in my stomach has disappeared. True, but you could still have some internal wounds. And how do we check for that? Can't exactly go to the hospital. Back at headquarters, one way we used to test for physical wellness was hand-to-hand -hand combat. Basque, are you asking me for a duel? We stand in my backyard, our bare chests soaking in the sunlight as we stand a few feet away from each other. Okay, so what are the rules? No weapons. Don't need you cutting yourself with a sword or something. Man, you are really underestimating my skills as an officer, huh, Shenron? I don't expect you to win, but if you can get me on the ground and keep me there for three seconds, I'll call it. <sighs> if you feel any pain throughout the fight, let me know at once. I have the ointment in my pocket ready to go. Enough of the rules. I just want to kick your ass. <laughs> okay. Go. He lunges for me. Predictable. I step to the side and use my tail to bring him backwards. Are you okay? Was that too much? Did a wound open? Don't coddle me! He lunges for me again. I sidestep once more. I raise my tail and strike, but instead of hitting flesh, I hit the empty air. He slid underneath. I turn around <clears throat> just in time to receive a hard punch to the side of my stomach. Luckily, I'm able to block the rest. I tried to throw in a few jabs myself, but he dodges them so easily. I didn't expect him to be this fast. Having a little trouble hitting your mark there, Grandpa? Not at all. Just not used to aiming at such a small target. I'm enjoying this too much. I can hear my heart thumping in my chest, feel the blood pump through my veins. It's been way too long since I've been in a decent fight. 
I attempt to punch him again. This time he ducks. I back away. Before my heel can even hit the ground, he leaps at me like a wild chimpanzee. I lose my footing and fall backwards onto the ground. I'm too big for him to pin both my arms and legs, so he settles for the ladder. I can feel the entire weight of his body pressing down on my thighs. One, two... I wait for the last number to come, but it never does. I look at him in confusion. Wide hazel eyes stare back at me in shock. And then I feel it. My erection resting against his leg. I look back at him, baffled. I don't even know how long I've been hard. Never mind why. While he's still in shock, I roll over and get off him. I back away as he slowly gets off the ground. Do I stop the fight? Do I try to explain? It's most likely just the adrenaline. He looks at me again. But gone is the expression of shock. Now he looks... mischievous. He charges at me. <clears throat> I block the punch directed towards my face and like magic, we're back at dodging each other's hits. He moves around recklessly, not aware of his surroundings. I use this to my advantage and back him up into a tree. He takes one second to look at what's preventing his movement, and I use that moment to pin his arms above him. Our faces are mere inches away from one another. His breath tickles the side of my neck. I can hear his heart pounding in his chest. I can... I can feel him, too. They're slammed against each other. The heat of them combined are hotter than the sun beating down on my back. I stared down at him, expecting to see embarrassment or bewilderment in his eyes. Instead, his eyes are dilated, glazed over with want. His cheeks are red, and I notice the way he licks his lips. I want to. We can't. I drop his arms and back away. I need to stop this fight. We're getting ready to cross lines that shouldn't be crossed. He looks so unhinged. Eyes blown. Hair flowing in the wind. Sweat pouring down his bronze chest. Damn, Basque. Focus. He walks over to me. Not charges or lunge. Just walks over. Again, our bodies are close. Not close enough to feel one another, but still close. He raises a hand towards my face, a hand I don't even try to stop. I'm too confused, too hot, too aroused. His hand tickles at the sensitive scale on my neck, and my leg weakens. <clears throat> I fall to the ground. He follows me while continuing to rub at the hidden spot. How did he know? He pushes me flat on the ground, pins my upper body with his legs. I attempt and fail to stifle my moans. One. I can feel the wet spot forming in the front of my pants. Two. I can feel his erection right on my chest. Three. He moves his hand away. 
seems you have. <sighs> he leans down. Our mouths connect. His lips taste salty, while his tongue is sweet with a hint of spiciness from our dinner. I've moved my tongue in further, wanting to taste as much as I can. When my tongue hits the back of his throat, he pulls away. Oh, I'm sorry. Was that too much? No, your tongue is so long. He kisses me again, harder this time. I run one of my hands through his hair, while my other hand maps out the rest of his body. I travel from his chest to his stomach until I get to the front of his pants. I palm the bulge, causing the cloth to dampen. Uh, wait. Uh, wait. He slides down my body. I'm upset from missing the heat of his mouth, but I get over it once he grabs my waistband. He pulls them down and my cock springs free into the air. The head of my cock glistens with its own clear fluid. Fluid that drips down on the purple veins, pulsing angrily. I worry what he thinks. Dragon hybrids are typically more endowed than the average monster. Never mind humans. Will he find the size intimidating? <clears throat> he wraps his hands around me and strokes with vigor. Despite his thumb and middle finger barely being able to touch, his tight fist pumps me with ease. He strokes playfully at the head of my cock, massaging the tip with his fingers before sliding all the way down to the shaft. He allows his left hand to join his right for a few seconds before moving that one down to massage my balls. He stares down at me with that same devious smile he had not only minutes ago. He clearly takes joy in the effects his hands have on me. His hand freezes, and I watch both in excitement and worry as he bends his head down and sucks on the head of my cock. Damn. Uh, uh, wait. I pull his head off me. He looks at me in confusion. I'm too embarrassed to explain to him that I haven't had any alone time since his arrival. If he sucks me off now, I'm sure I'll be done before we even start. Pants. Off. He smiles before getting up and taking them off in a fast and rough manner. I want to comment on the violent treatment of the material, since I was the one who bought them. But that thought is forgotten once his dick is out. He's in no better state than me. His cock throbs and leaks just as mine. Like what you see, Scales? More than you know, is what I would say. But instead, I just dig into my pocket and pull out the ointment. Come here. He obeys, dropping in between my legs. Lay flat on your back. He does that and more, spreading his legs wide, his asshole on display. By the kingdom. I pour the ointment onto my hands, coating my fingers with the liquid. I start off by circling my thumb around his hole, spreading the ointment around the wrinkled flesh. 
I push one digit in and my fingers instantly surrounded by heat. The walls of his ass are soft yet tight. I feel them clench around me as I push the lone digit in further. I stop. What's wrong? Don't stop. But... It's just the ointment. Even in my ass, it still tingles. <laughs> I push in deeper this time. Found it. My fingers move faster now, targeting his spot with each thrust. I enjoy watching the way he trembles. Enjoy hearing the soft murmurs that pour from his mouth. His silky raven locks are plastered to his face, making him look even more breathtaking than usual. Uh, I'm gonna... Uh, I need... Uh... I understand and pull my fingers out of him. Uh, he grabs my cock and pumps it as he aims it toward his hole. Even during sex, he acts without thinking. Uh, I need... Uh, lube. He rolls his eyes before grabbing the bottle out of my hand. He then dumps the entire contents of it onto my dick. <clears throat> Again, I want to comment on his treatment of items I've bought, but I'm too distracted by the tingling sensation on my cock as the liquid covers it. <clears throat> There's a giddy smile on his face as he coats me with the ointment. Again, teasing me at my head before massaging me down to my shaft. Ready now? I grab him by the waist and pick him up with ease. I position his ass over my cock and he places his hand on my stomach for balance. He grabs my cock and places just the tip at his entrance. He looks at me, waiting for my permission, and I nod my head in encouragement. He pushes down and the head breaches him. Ugh! The heat of him feels ten times more intense than it did with my fingers. Go. Slow. What? I'm likely bigger than what you're used to. You cocky son of It's not that. I just don't want you to hurt yourself. Uh, just go slow. Don't try to take all of me. <laughs> the bastard slides down. All the way down. I'm too distracted by the tightness of his ass to even yell at him. His walls clench around me like a velvet fist. I can even feel his pulse. Oh shit. Fuck. Gods. Are you? Uh, yes. Uh, I think the ointment is fucked. Numbing the pain. It feels so good. And, uh, God, you're so big. He moves, pushing off of me just enough to leave in the tip before slamming back down. <clears throat> so tight. Gods. Thought you monsters didn't believe in God. <clears throat> I grab him by the hips and thrust into him fast, meeting him with each push. Yes. God. Yes. He bounces on me like a crazed man, getting more desperate with each and every push. I grab his cock and stroke it. His eyes roll to the back of his head. My eyes widen as if seeing light for the first time. I thrust into him faster, my balls slapping against the cheeks of his ass with each movement. 
Again. Uh, say my name again. I can feel his ass tighten louder. I... I... Say it. Basque! His release hits my stomach as he clenches me hard. Angel! Even as his body convulses, he continues to ride me, milking my cock until it's spent. After getting the final drop, he collapses on me. I stared down at him in awe. Maybe it's because he's quiet for once, but he looks beautiful like this. Body covered in sweat, swollen lips, hair plastered to his face. His head then turns to me and his eyes are laced with fear. I get worried, afraid I had harmed him during sex. And then that's when it hits me. We look at each other in silence, realizing what we had just done. Shit. Shit. I attempt to read the first page of Monster World History for the tenth time before I eventually give up. My mind can't focus on anything except for what just happened moments ago. I committed treason. I committed treason three times in a row. I can't even explain why it happened. When I felt his erection against my legs, I should have been weirded out, disgusted. Instead, I got a raging heart on myself. It doesn't make sense. I'm not into monsters like the triad couple. I hate monsters. Or at least I used to hate them. This visit to Morimitsu has changed my opinions in ways I never thought possible, especially with Basque. For being such a massive beast, the guy's a big softy. He seems to honestly care for my well-being, which makes absolutely no sense. He's also kind of a dork, which makes me want to tease him rather than argue with him. His cock is also fucking amazing. I don't think I've ever been stretched that wide or fucked that deep in my life. Ah, gods be damned. I could feel myself getting hard again. At this rate, I'm going to get myself exiled from the continent. He walks into the room wearing a pair of pants and nothing else. My cock continues to rise. Is it possible to get booted from the entire planet? Because I may be the first human that's about to find out. I've decided I won't be turning you in. Oh. What did giving you my ass help you come to this decision? He sits next to me on the couch. His freshly washed scent fills my nose. My cock twitches. I want to send you back to Kijijimura, but I just need to figure out a way how. I think I know a way. Really? Yes, but first, I need to come clean. I sit closer to him, close enough that our thighs are touching. The night I crossed over the wall, 
I had witnessed a monster having sex with an officer in my territory. My plan, at the time, was to kill it. It's a hard confession to admit now. A month ago, it wouldn't have even carried the same weight. I understand. What? The monster was on forbidden grounds. They knew the consequences. This makes me feel even worse. Yes, it's my job, but... Basque wouldn't have tried to kill a human. Basque didn't try to kill a human. My face must have shown my distress because I feel his tail caressing my ankle, as if to calm me down. When I tried to attack the creature, her, she flew off. I grabbed onto her to keep her from escaping, but instead, she flew me over the wall and dropped me into your yard. Well... That explains that, but how do we get you back over the gate? His eyes take a quick glance at his lap before staring back at me. That's when I notice that one of my hands is on his left thigh. We need to find the monster that dropped me. If I promise not to tell their secret, they might fly me back over the wall. His tail moves up my leg, and then I palm his bulge. That monster could have... Uh, uh come from anywhere. What, um... makes you certain they came from Morimitsu? His tail is now rubbing hard against my erection. Based on their uh, interaction, I think the monster oh. and human frequent each other often. Oh. Meaning there is a high chance they live oh, nearby. Describe them. <laughs> Succubus. Pink eyes. Pink horns. Purple wings. Chubby. <laughs> I can't tell if he's responding to the information I told him, or because my hand is now inside his pants stroking him. <laughs> I think I know them. At my head. Let me suck you off. Please. His tail drops to the floor, and I follow suit. I pull his pants down and allow myself a few seconds to admire the beast I'm about to take in. I open my mouth wide and take in only the head. I rub my tongue against the other side. Looking away at the trail of pre that had gathered there. Gods! As I suck and lick away at the upper part of a shaft, I find it interesting how it doesn't taste that different from a human's. It's salty and warm like usual. Less hairy than what I'm used to, and I guess you could say the size is... Abnormal. I move my mouth further down. God, I love me a responsive man. I reach inside my pants and stroke myself. You don't... You don't have to take it all. Uh. I roll my eyes. 
Did he not learn his lesson from last time? I release him from my mouth. I take in a few deep breaths before swallowing him whole. Uh, damn you. Uh, uh. I move my mouth up and down his cock, sucking him hard and fast as I take him deep down my throat. So good. His massive fingers grip onto my hair, which only encourages me. I release myself and use my hand to pump his shaft in time with my mouth. I can't even put into words how much it excites me to see his usual angel face turn into one of pure ecstasy. Angel! Angel! I feel some pre-cum squirt in the back of my throat, and that's the only warning I get before my mouth is filled with his release. It's a lot, but I swallow it all as I milk his balls for every drop. I feel my cock throb. I look down and see I have a tent large enough to cover a circus. He picks me up with little effort and places me back on the sofa. There is a sudden determined look on his eyes. He yanks my pants down and starts jerking me off. His hand is so hot and tight. Fuck. I can feel myself coming already. Vask. 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 Fuck. He grips me tightly as I spill inside his hands. He eventually lets go and starts kissing my face and neck. Have we gone mad? <laughs> I felt him pause for a second before continuing to lavish kisses on my collar. I sit hidden in the tree. On a branch nearby lays a small bag stuffed with a few items I've collected since my arrival. There is a certain unease in the pit of my stomach, and I can't place why. I've been over here for a month, cooped up in a house with little to nothing to do. I should be dying to leave. And yet... Why did you want me to come over so suddenly? It's her! The demon from that night! Yes, I knew he could do it! I needed to ask you something. Something in private. Well, couldn't you pull me aside at work? No, I couldn't. Basque, what's wrong? Why do you look so serious? A few weeks back, I asked you who you were feeding on. You never gave me an answer. Oh, well, it's like I said, you wouldn't know them. Do you mind if I guess? Um, sure. You've been feeding off of a human. What? Why would you- Not only are they a human, but a captain as well. One from Kijijimura, correct? Who told you? So you don't deny it. No, but I didn't plan for it to happen. I shouldn't have been flying that night. I was too weak. I fainted over the gate. 
She found me and, well, one thing led to another. And you kept going back? You couldn't stop after one time? Well, neither did you. You don't understand, Basque. The way she tastes is just... <sighs> so what now? You're going to turn me in? No. But I will need your help with something. A secret for a secret. That's my cue. You! Me? Ugh. I'd hoped I'd killed you. How are your balls, asshole? Fine. Ask Basque. I... what? Let's not get into that right now. Sherry, I need you to fly him back over the wall. What? Why? Because he can't hide here forever. Why is he even here? You should have taken him to headquarters the second you saw him. Wait. It's been over a month. Has he been living with you this entire time? Basque. What the- I didn't interrogate you. Please don't with me. Now, are you going to fly him over or not? <sighs> Fine. Get over here, dick. I have a name. We all do. Wait. Can you, uh, give us a moment? Why would you need... You know what? Never mind. Looks like you're finally going home. Yeah, I'm so excited to get back. <laughs> I feel the pit in my stomach grow larger. Have you figured out a way to explain why you've been gone for so long? Oh, shit. No, I haven't. Ah, well, I'll bullshit my way through it somehow. <laughs> I'm sure you will. He brushes away a lock of hair. I resist leaning into his touch. Thanks. For everything. His body moves to reach for me. I take a deep breath in anticipation. But he doesn't grab me. Instead... He clenches his fist. Bye. Goodbye. I walk over to Cherry, feeling sicker with each step I take towards her. So, how do we do this? Last time my positioning was kind of... Ah! She slings me over her shoulder like I'm a bag of garbage. Do I weigh nothing to these monsters? We slowly rise off the ground. I keep my eyes on Basque. We fly higher, and he gets smaller. Until finally... I can't see him anymore. Angel? Is that you? Uh, yeah. Guys! Angel's back! Afisa Perez. She looks pissed. In my office. Please. I, I can explain. Uh, she... she hugs me. And punches me hard in the stomach. Why? <laughs> You've been missing for a month. Where the hell have you been? Yeah. 
That's... that's going to be hard to explain. Try. The day I went missing, I saw you... I saw you with a monster. A, a succubus. Her tawny skin turns pale. I... After you two were done, I waited for you to leave. I was convinced that monster had put you under some type of spell, so my plan was to kill her. What? You can't. I didn't, obviously. Oh. Right. I look at her cautiously. For someone who just hugged me minutes ago, she looked about ready to kill me just now. I tried to keep her from escaping, but ended up flying over the wall with her. I was dropped over onto Morimitsu, and that's where I've been this entire time. I have so many questions. How did you survive over there for so long without getting caught? I had help. Help? Basque. Basque? Isn't that the monster you're assigned with during tunnel duty? And he just helped you. Yes, I know. It's weird. He kept me in his house until I was fully healed. He even found that sucky, um, Sherry and convinced her to fly me back home. Wow. I guess you don't hate him anymore. Oh, if only she knew. So, I guess you'll be turning me in soon. What? I broke the law, Angel. One of the biggest ones at that. No, Vesta, I'm not going to- You have to. I understand we're close, but you need to put that aside. When I decided to be with her, I promised myself I would accept all the consequences if caught. At least that way. I could go out with some honor. I won't allow you to sully your status by covering for me. Listen, that's great and all, but I can't turn you in. It's your duty. I can't do it. You must. No, I mustn't. Angel... If I turn you in, I'll have to turn myself in, too. What? I... Had sex with a monster, too. In Morimitsu? Yes. I don't understand. You hate monsters. Also, how? Did Basque allow you to sneak monsters into his home, too? It was him? You hate Basque! I did hate him. Or I thought I hate him. It's complicated. But he's... He's nice, and gentle, and caring, and... And... And do you know that dragon hybrid tongues are long enough to... Okay, stop. So... Are you in love with him? What? <laughs> of course not! It was... It was just sex. You know, like you and Sherry. Yeah. Like ours. So... What do we do now? Well... I see nothing wrong with going back to how things used to be. We can't turn each other in. Besides, it's not like you'll be able to be with Basque anyhow now that you're back. Yeah. I guess all we have to do now is make an excuse for your disappearance. Huh. I got it. Come with me. Attention! I'm sure you all know that Afisa Perez has returned to us after his long disappearance. Many of you may have questions as to what caused him to go missing, and I will provide you those answers now. A month ago, on the last day he was seen, Angel got lost on his way back home. What? He somehow accidentally left the kingdom and traveled to lands nearby. It took a while, but 
He finally found his way back home. Vesta, I've lived here for years. I'm one of the top navigators at headquarters. No one will believe that I just got lost. Ah, that makes sense. But what? Yeah, I'm surprised it took this long to happen. Do you guys really think that low of me? To celebrate his return, we will have a gathering at Ray's Ale tonight. Drinks on me. I try to match the enthusiasm of my allies, but my heart's not in it. Ever since my return, I've just been feeling weird. Like hollow and dejected. <gasps> Angel, you're back? Where have you been? I... He got lost on his way home. <gasps> ha! Classic Angel. No, not classic at all! This one's on me. <laughs> Leaving already, Captain? Uh, yes. I have business to attend to. She throws a nervous glance in my way. Wait a minute. Mind if I talk to you in private, Captain Nakamura? Are you seriously going to see Sherry tonight? Yeah. This is when we schedule our meetups. What about the conversation we had in your office? What about it? Just because you can't see yours, I should stop seeing mine? I, that's that's not... Yes, but it's not only that. If I caught you in the act, it's only a matter of time before someone else does. You're right. I guess I'll have to start setting up traps around their location. You're not going to even consider stopping? You don't know her. Again, that same fiery look. She... Uh, I... It's worth it, okay? Now I feel even worse. Thank you. Hmm? Dr. Kerr! Oh, Angel! You're back! Where have you been? It seems like the entire kingdom's been looking for you for days. Yeah, I... She got lost. On... Okay, thanks, buddy. Ugh, never mind that. How have you been, Dr. Kerr? I've told you to call me B. As for how I've been, well, I've been doing quite fine, actually. Especially since you gave me those plant samples a month ago. You honestly have no idea how much these will help humanity health-wise. Well, I'm glad I could help. Hey, uh, do you want to return the favor? Sure, what you need? I remember hearing you guys were recreating some toys our ancestors used to use in their time of... Leisure. Toys? You mean, like, children's playthings? No, think more adult. Oh, oh, oh yes, we have been working on recreating those. You wouldn't need any of those devices tested, would you? We usually have volunteers already picked out, but... Well, why the sudden interest? You're an attractive man. I've... Wouldn't think you would need to seek out sexual pleasure from machinery. It's not about seeking, but more of uh, curiosity. Hmm, I guess it could provide us valuable research to have one tested in a non-controlled environment. What kind of device are you looking for? I never know what you allosexuals are into these days. 
Do you have something that can be controlled at a distance? Distance? Oh, I think we actually have something like that. Perfect. Sherry, where the hell is Chelsea's Type 1 report? You said you put it on my desk. It's... it's right there. Yes, put it next to the other ten identical files I have on my desk. Asmodeus! Yes, sir. Do you want to explain why you're late? Late? I scheduled you to be here at 8. It is now 8.01. That's... Only a minute. So you're saying it's okay to be late as long as it's not by much? No, not at all. It's just... Go to Cherry and fill out a write-up form. A write-up? Also, back where I'm from... Elmer! Yes, sir? You work and live in Morimitsu now. Morimitsu is all you should care about. No one wants to hear about your hometown. Yes, sir. Sorry, sir. There's been a mix-up with some files at my desk. I may need your help to sort it all out. Great. So where are these files? There are none. What? I pulled you over because I wanted to ask, what is wrong with you? You've been a complete asshole these past few days. I... I... Look, I'm sorry. I've just been feeling irritated lately. Does this have anything to do with Angel? No. Bask? Maybe. This scent still lingers around my house. I guess it's upsetting my dragon senses. If that was true, you would have been a nightmare these past weeks. What's really going on? Nothing. He was in your house for a month. You asked me to give you two a moment alone? Bask, did you an angel? Yes. (gasps) You? Can you keep it down, please? But I don't understand. Why? I don't know. It just happened. You know, he seems brash, which he is. But there's so much more to him. He's funny, smart, an amazing cook. He's also rather skilled in other areas. Vesta mentioned that you two had gotten close during his stay. I just didn't think she meant that close. Vesta? The human I'm seeing. Seeing? You're still crossing the gate even after all that's happened? Oh, so you're saying that if you could fly, you wouldn't try to see Angel again? Listen, I'm sorry that your human had to go back home, but you can't take your frustrations out on others, especially not your allies. I'm sorry, Cherry. I'll try to keep my emotions in check from now on.
Tunnel 2D has been tedious lately. The replacements they sent in for Angel have been so... boring. The human Afisas are too focused on their work. All they do is write forms their entire shift. Angel at least talked and made jokes. Usually at my expense, but still. Who is it today? A Angel? He's only been back for a few days. I would have thought they'd at least give him a week or two of rest. He's got a new suit. It fits him well. He cut his hair, too. Not cut to an appropriate length, as I urged him to do when he was back home. I mean, back at my house. But it's shorter than usual. He's putting an item through the delivery chute. I walk over to my transport table and pick up... something. I'm not sure what the device is, but I can tell it's human-made just by the look of it. It's small, black, and oval-shaped. In the center of it are five gray buttons. Four of the buttons just have symbols on them, but one, the one in the middle, has the words on and off written on it. I walk back to my desk. Angel has already made it to his, and he looks... nervous. What is this? Is this something that needs to be delivered? He opens his mouth, but as if scared, closes it and shakes his head no. Is this going to be our relationship now? I didn't know what to expect once we went back to our usual routine, but silence wasn't one of them. Recording. Of course. The tunnel is bugged. I guess he can't talk on a casual level or headquarters may get suspicious. Center. Center? I look at the device in my hand and stare at the button labeled on and off. This? He shakes his head. I press the button. Nothing happens. I stare back at him. His eyes motion towards the black device. Should I try the other buttons now? I hit the button with the zigzag symbol on it. The device vibrates in my hand. Short little pulses that go off every other second. I press it again, and the pulses become more frequent. I get curious about the other buttons, so I press the one with the symbol of a spiral on it. The device continues to vibrate, but other than that, nothing else happens. I press it again. Oh, God. I look up to see Angel's face flush bright red, his mouth agape as he lets out tiny pants and moans. Angel? As I focus on him, my finger slips and presses another button. I look at the device again and back up at Angel. I press the button with the zigzag symbol. It's vibrating non-stop now. Must be deep inside him by his reaction. I've heard of these types of human contraptions before, but never thought I would encounter one. Humans are quite clever. I reach inside my pants and stroke my cock. It's already half swollen thanks to the sight before me. 
He looks debauched. Lips plump and red from biting on it. I can see his forehead shining with sweat, his knuckles turning white as he grips onto his chair's armrest. I press the spiral button again. Oh, God. Oh, God. Does the simple stand for rotate? Is it rotating inside of him? The only two buttons I haven't touched yet were the ones with arrows on them. One pointing right, the other left. Self-explanatory at this point. I press the buttons, alternating from right and left. Oh, shit. I can't take it anymore. He releases his tight grip from the armrest and reaches inside his pants. He's stroking himself, but I can't see it because of these damn windows that cut off at the waist. I want to see him. I want to see all of him. I want to see that device inside him. See it pulsing deep within his ass as I kiss down his back. I want to see if I can join it. Pushing my cock in with the contraption as I give him words of encouragement. I bet it will feel amazing. A toy vibrating against my cock as I pound inside him. Her speech will be incoherent. Oh, orgasms. Violent. I want to touch him. Hold him. This isn't enough. I need to be with him again. I click the buttons at random, unsure what pattern he needs to get off. His eyes roll to the back of his head as he trembles in the chair. I stroke myself faster, desperately seeking my release. I come into my boxers, grimacing as I feel the liquid splatter onto my underwear and thighs. Basket, please. He's shaking even worse than when he was coming. Damn! I hit the off switch. Even now, he looks cocky, wearing a smug grin on his flushed face. Does he even think about the consequences we would face if we got caught doing this? I want to kiss him. We stare at each other in fear before scrambling to fix our appearance. Good afternoon, gentlemen. I have another order for the Department of Research. Just just put it on the transport. (laughs) But don't you need to ask me the standard questions first? Yeah, right. Name? Pascal. Item? An idea forms... It would be tricky, and I haven't thought it through, but if I want a chance at being with him again, I have to act quick. I grab a piece of paper off my desk and begin writing. Put the items through the chute, please. Right away. Let me help you with that, Paz. 
Oh, it's only three little boxes. You don't have Please, to... Please, allow me. It will give me a chance to move my legs. Well, if you insist. Be careful, though. One of these boxes contains Neant, a powerful herb that can knock out even the strongest of monsters. Angel stares at me with a confused expression on his face. I shifted my body so that the folded note in my hand couldn't be seen by Pascal, but was on full display for Angel. His eyes widened. I tried my best to keep my face neutral as I walked over to Pascal. My release was drying, and it was not a pleasant feeling. So, Pass, came across any interesting human tech of late? No, but I read a fascinating article today about a transportation vehicle the humans once used. I continued to make eye contact, pretending to pay attention as I placed a folded note in between two boxes. I can only hope that angel noticed. And they would sometimes decorate them okay, with... Okay, and you're good to go. Oh, I... you don't want to hear more about cars? I'll read the article. Oh, uh, okay, I guess. I'll be off then. I look back at Angel. He's already reading the note. He looks up at me and nods. A falcon lands on my window seal. In its beak is a flat rectangular package. I pull out the luminescent white paper from the packet. I look it over to make sure he's got the right one. They blend almost too well with the paper, but I can see them. The silver markings that let me know this is authentic keep-a-secret paper. I grab a pen nearby and write. Angel? His name stays on the paper for a second before disappearing. A few seconds later, new words show up. New pen, who this? Angel. Yeah, it's me. Man, writing on these makes me feel so old. I haven't written on one of these since my school years. Yes, Keep a Secret was popular at my school as well. We could pass notes in class without having the teachers any the wiser. You pass notes in class? How scandalous. I can't believe such an honorable captain would do such a thing. Really? Even after all the scandalous things I've done with you? Speaking of which, did you enjoy my little stunt? Gods, it felt amazing. For someone who is so technology illiterate, you figure things out quickly. I still wish it had been your cock instead. Or better yet, I had that thing inside me as I suck you off again. Oh, damn him. I readjust myself before writing on the paper. I want to do that and more, but we need to focus and make a plan. <sighs> You're right. So, what's the idea? You said you wanted to use that bird dude? His name is Pascal, and he's not a bird. I mean, he is, but a monster one. Fine, I'm sorry. What is the plan you want to pull off with Pascal? We need Pascal to meet with a human. What? Think about it. We have no legal way to enter each other's territory, unless we're escorting someone. Yes, that could work. I even have the perfect human he could meet. But... But? 
We're going to need to have other officers join us. The law states that a minimum of two officers from each side must be there during an escort. And if we find a pair, we have to make sure that they don't get curious when we sneak off together. Hmm. Ah, I actually have an Afisa that would be perfect for this. You'll listen to anything I say without question. Now, if only we could find a human Afisa that could trust you on a mission. What do you mean by that? What? An officer that could trust me? I meant nothing by it. Yes, you did. <sighs> Listen, you're clearly a high-ranking Afisa. I've also fought you in battle, and you're certainly strong and skilled. You still haven't answered my question. You sometimes act in ways that make me think your allies wouldn't trust you on a command level. In what ways? Like jumping into action without thinking things over first. When have I ever... Sweetie, the reason you got trapped over here in the first place is because you confronted Sherry with no real plan besides stick a sword into her while she's not looking. Your lucky Cherry knows nothing about combat or wasn't a more powerful monster. You could have gotten worse than a few broken bones and scratches. Angel? Angel, I, I didn't mean for it to come out harsh or criticizing. It's just that as an Afisa, I think it's important to... S-sweetie? Uh, what? Sweetie, you called me sweetie. Uh, I'm sorry. It, it was a slip of the tongue. I, I didn't mean... No, it's fine. I don't mind if you call me sweetie. Oh? And maybe you're right. Maybe I leap into action without thinking sometimes. But my quick rush to action has gotten me to know you on a more personal level. And I don't mean that as an innuendo. Though I do enjoy your cock very much. Yes, you've mentioned that. I got it! Vesta will be more than willing to do the escort with me. That name sounds familiar. Wait, it's the human Cherry's been seeing. Exactly! She'll come when she realizes it benefits her too. So that's it? That's our plan? Yeah, but how long do we keep it going? As long as we need to. So, as long as we keep feeling this way about each other? And by feeling, I mean horny, obviously. There was more to this question. He wanted confirmation that this thing between us was simply passion and nothing more. Yes, of course. Good. So, I guess we'll have to sign off for now. We have a big day ahead of us tomorrow. Why so quick to leave? We have more to discuss. Like what? Well, we could talk about all the things you wanted to do to me in the tunnel as you watched me get off. This man will be the death of me. It took a few days of convincing, but the king agreed.
Next to me was an excited Pascal and a nervous Elmer. The, the, this will be my first time next to a human. Is there anything else I should know about them other than what they taught us in training? I mean, do they have any contagious diseases? Will they attack if I move in the wrong way? Please, be respectful. Humans aren't wild animals. In fact, throughout the years, humans have discovered many cures for... Thank the gods. Angel walks in with two other humans. One was an older woman who gave off a strong and intimidating presence. She possessed an autumn complexion and jet black hair that shined in the light. Going by the uniform she was wearing, I assumed this to be the Vesta I've heard so much about. She is quite striking. I understand now why Sherry is so taken by her. Next to her was another woman. She was tall and slim, with brown curly hair that framed her dainty face. The big round golden glasses she wore made her appear the bookish type. Yes, her and Pascal would have lots to talk about. Angel lifted his key to the window that separated us. May I? I nod my head. He puts the key against the window, and slowly a doorway-shaped opening appears. He's right in front of me now. It takes all my strength not to just reach out and grab him. Captain Basque, this is Captain Nakamura and Dr. Kerr. Hello. It will be a pleasure working with you today. You can just call me B. A pleasure to meet you all. As Afisa Perez has already stated, I am Captain Basque, and working with me today is Afisa Elmer. Uh, hi. And this is Pascal. Pascal? He was just standing there in silence, staring wide-eyed at B as if she was all of human technology combined. Pascal? Uh, yes, hello. I look forward to discussing many things with you. And I with you. We needed to stop off at headquarters first. Have to make sure that the mission is documented before going to the agreed-upon location. Sherry, we need the form for the escort mission. Uh, yes. Sherry tries to act casual, but I can tell that Vesta's presence is affecting her. She keeps dropping papers, and her cheeks are pinker than her hair. I hope Elmer reads it off as just being nervous. Um, here they are. Sherry, is it? What a lovely name. Vesta walks up to the desk, and I see Angel's body tense up. Vesta looks like she's making a grab for the forms, but instead her hand falls on Cherry's wrist. Cherry's used to stand for purity and chastity. Once picked, they were considered having lost their innocence. Her fingers rub small circles across Cherry's skin. But that's so foolish. Cherries take years to grow. I'm sure by the time they're ripe, they want nothing more than to be picked. To be plucked and sucked on. I... To have a tongue running across their round, sweet body. Their juice running down my throat. Captain Nakamura, the forms, please! She looks annoyed, but grabs the forms out of Cherry's hands and brings them to me. Cherry takes a moment to fan herself with the nearest folder on her desk. What the hell? Sorry. 
It's just when I see her, right? What are we talking about? Nothing. things. We should get to signing. Wait just a minute. Of course. Stop it. Stop this whole thing. I want these humans out of Morimitsu now. But, Your Highness, we were given permission Screw by... Screw my brother. He's an absolute dumbass. Prince, please. This could benefit Monster Society so much. Just let me ask a few questions. No, and... humans can't be trusted. They're vile and devious creatures. B looks frightened. Vesta looks ready to attack, and Angel looks... amused. What is their deal? He really hates humans, if you haven't guessed. <clears throat> Your Highness, please. I know you're not happy about this arrangement, but we are protected by the King to carry it out. If you just go on with your day, you won't even notice they're here. Oh, and what about the day after that? And the next day? And the one after? I read the agreement. I know this won't be a one-time thing. You're planning on bringing humans here at least once a week. Once. A. Week. We might as well get rid of the damn wall and let the human invasion begin. Prince Vex, you're being... Mighty obvious. Huh? What are you doing? Don't worry, I have a plan. A thought-out one. Speak again, human. I said that you're being mighty obvious that you won't be able to resist us. And what do you mean by that? It means thou does protest too much. You're a human fucker, aren't you? What is he playing at? Uh, how? How dare you? I am a royal. You dare claim I would ever want to... to... I'm just calling it how I see it. I mean, none of the other monsters have been as openly hostile to us. It's almost like you've got something to hide. He does talk about them a lot. Too much, if you ask me. The castle is in the forest. We could hide 50 human movers in there. Enough! I talk, warn, about humans because I want to keep this kingdom safe and nothing more. But if you want this dumb escort mission to go on, then fine. So be it. Make sure these humans stay out of public sight as much as possible, or I swear... Yes, Your Highness. I understand. <sighs> well, that's one way to greet a guest. Indeed. Elmer, do you mind staying here and making sure the forms are correct? Afisa Angel and I need to talk privately for a minute. You want to be left alone with a human? Are there two human lovers in the kingdom? No, no. I, I didn't mean... <clears throat> yes. I will handle things here, Captain. Good. What do you have to talk to me about? And why are we doing it here in a room with a bunch of empty stuff? Gods, I've been wanting to kiss you since you got here. <laughs> Me too. How did you think to say all that back there? 
Just speaking from experience. Wait, so you think the prince really does like humans? Don't know, don't care. Can you believe that? No, not at all. Damn. Quick, in the bathroom. The stalls. So, you think it's true? Think what's true? That the prince is secretly having sex with humans. I pick up Angel and wrap his legs around my waist. I then start sucking at his neck. What? Of course not. I don't even think he has a monster lover. I take out his cock, which is already dripping with excitement. I take out mine as well. My fist wraps around us both, and I begin stroking. Bask. My hand stills. Do you want to stop? Don't you fucking dare. He wraps his arms around my neck and attempts to thrust up into my fist. I want to laugh, but resist, since we still have guests. Though I must admit, the humans that arrived this morning sure are tempting. They stroke us at a steady pace, trying my best to stifle my moans. I enjoy pleasing myself, but his cock adds a whole new sensation to it. My fist feels crowded, tighter. Our cocks seem to throb in unison as they slide against one another, coating each other in their own liquid. Especially the one with the long hair. We stare at each other in shock. I would love to take him for a ride. Remember the treaty? I don't like it. My fist moves faster. I'm not saying I would do anything, but there's nothing wrong with imagining. Hmm, I guess not. I don't like them talking about my... talking about him that way. I would have a go at him too, if I could. Angel leans over and bites into my neck to silence his moan. This only excites me more. Hey, maybe we could share him. I bet he's a screamer. You can't have him. Ask, ask, ask. I can feel it too. I'm already moving my hands as fast as I can, yet still, I pick up speed. I rub my thumb over our heads, clenching my fists so tight that it can barely move down our shafts. I keep going until... Fuck! 
As soon as I saw the first spurt, I moved backward and used my thigh to hit the lever. Oh, hell. Is someone here? Um, we were just kidding about the whole wanting to fuck humans thing. Let's go before they report us. Did we both? I looked down at my cum-covered hands still holding our cocks. Yeah. Damn, that's hot. Ah, these are new pants, too. Sorry, I, I could have controlled it better. I just got carried away. Hmm, yeah. You know, I wouldn't with them, right? It's... it's none of my business if you decided to. You're right, but I want you to know. I'm not doing this with anyone else. I don't want to do this with anyone else. I stare at him in awe, and before I can even stop myself, before I can even think about the chances of us getting caught, I kiss him. Okay, okay, stop, or we will have to go into the stall again. You're right. I prefer a bed anyway. Come on, let's go. Uh, I need a minute. Huh? What's wrong? Nothing. I just need to think. He looks ready to question me again, but stops. Okay, I'll be waiting upstairs. What the hell came over me? Hearing those two talk about Angel like that just made me so... So... I shouldn't have been like that. We're not. This is only... <sighs> Enjoyed yourself, Captain? Huh? I look at the cell next to me. Sure, it's where I heard the voice from. Yet see nothing. I then noticed movement in the corner. The figure's tan and gray scaly body, sliding away from the wall it blended into. I don't know whether to be hurt or amused. I mean, I enjoyed the performance you and your little boyfriend did in front of the cell, but the fact that you didn't even notice my presence stung. Christopher, how did I forget he was in this cell? And he saw us. Damn. If you tell anyone, they won't believe you. And what good would it do me to tell? It's not like they'll release me, or even shorten my sentence. Not like it matters anyway. They've already taken away the two things I care about the most. How... how are they? I was never told what happened to them after they separated us. They're not in prison, if that's what you're asking. I heard they got off with paying a fine. Oh, good. Do you... regret it? Of course not. I would do it ten times over if I could. I... love them. Don't say anything you no, don't. No! I loved them. And they loved me too. We would often fantasize about being in a more progressive time. 
wondering how our kids would look, planning our wedding. I should have admitted it the moment they arrested me. I'd rather be dead than to be stuck here, never able to see them again. But that, that would have harmed them too. What will you say if you're caught? I would say the truth. Tell them it was only a moment of passion. Is it? I'll send an Afisa down to straighten up your cell. You may be a criminal, but you still deserve a clean room. I wish the best for you, too. I really do. Solar cells that repair themselves? Yes, and oddly enough, we got the idea from plants. You see, when a plant is damaged by intense ultraviolet light, it repairs itself by producing new cells. Solar panels can withstand a lot of heavy damage, but they aren't unbreakable. So we replicated the natural process found in plant cells and used it for the solar panel silicon cells. Throw a rock at one of the finest solar panels in Kujijimura, and I promise it will repair itself in two days flat. It's been six hours of this. Six hours of talking about plants, technology, and whatever Zara the Windseeker is. I look around the table and everybody, excluding B and Pascal, look just about as bored as me. I wish Monster Tech could be half as advanced as humans. But you guys do so much better than us. What? The little tech we have barely compares to yours. Uh, advancement in technology doesn't always mean electronics. Take, for example, the layout of Morimitsu. The layout? Yes. Morimitsu is one of the most advanced architectural design divisions I've ever seen. You all put so much thought and creativity into making sure your territory is not only beautiful, but accessible. Tactile maps and guides built into every building, nosing on handrails, foldable ramps in your bathrooms. There's nothing special about those items. They're just implemented because monsters aren't built the same. Neither are humans, yet we still struggle to make our territories livable for all. Which is probably why we steal so many of your building designs. I wouldn't call it stealing. Besides, we borrow as much from you humans as you do with us. Yeah, but human tech hasn't even done as half as much for humanity as your species' plant life has. Human life expectancy used to be about a hundred years at most. Now we live about twice that age, some even up to three hundred. And it's all thanks to adding monster herbs into our vaccines. I'm 110. A thousand years back, I most likely would have died before even making it to age 80. Uh, 110? I swear you don't look a day past 30. Uh, thank you. I think it's time to turn in for the night. What? Why? You've been talking to Dr. Kuo for hours now. Don't you think you should give her a chance to rest? Please... It's... it's night already? Have we really been talking for that long? I'm sorry, Dr. Kerr. No, no, it's fine. I... I didn't notice either. I... I really enjoy talking to you. Me too. I mean, to you. I mean, I... like... you, uh... I mean, I enjoy talking to you. 
So, where are we supposed to drop off the humans? I believe we agreed for Dr. Kerr to stay in my guest room. It has a bathroom and is right next to the living room, where you can keep watch. Elmer, I want to assign you on watch duty. Me? By myself? Your species can survive on little sleep, making you the best pick for guardsmen. Of course, if you don't feel up to the job, then... No, 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 sir. It would be an honor to take on the position of guardsman. But what about the other humans? Where will they stay? With me. What? Vesta shoots me a worried look, and I just smile at her in response. Vesk and I already thought this through. I can't allow an officer to be left alone with two humans, especially not a captain. I mean, why can't they stay somewhere else? And where else do you suggest they stay? The inns here aren't exactly human-friendly. Yes, but to allow yourself to sleep in the same room as humans? It's too dangerous. What if they kill you while you sleep? I resist rolling my eyes. They're human, but they're not foolish. They won't attack me on monster territory. Not with how easy it would be to track them down. I suppose so, but... Elmer, trust me. <sighs> Fine. You better not do anything fishy. I assure you, killing Beth, your captain, is the furthest thing from my mind. After a bit of coaxing, we leave the house. As I step off the last stair, I can't help but look back at it. I can't believe he literally lives in a treehouse. Or, or is that a birdhouse? Or is that speciesist? Tell me, am I being speciesist? <laughs> no, but I'm glad you're making the effort to watch what you say. Do you think it's safe for those two to be talking to each other? Ah, don't worry. B is asexual. We don't have to worry about anything happening between them. We walk back to Basque's cabin. We don't even make it to the door before our purple-winged beast flies into Vesta. Vesta. Cherry. Can you two at least wait until you're out of sight? Sweetie, I'm afraid I wasn't able to bring any of my gear with me. We'll have to play Toyless tonight. Actually, I thought that might be the case. So, I have brought some myself. Oh, really? Why don't you take me to your house and show me what you brought? Remember to be back here before sunrise. We will. <sighs> I swear, they're like a bunch of horny teenagers. I've been waiting for this all day. Go take a shower and clean yourself thoroughly. I have a surprise for you. I don't even bother putting my clothes back on. I just walk towards the bedroom covered in nothing but a towel. The room is dimly lit thanks to all the candles placed around the bedroom. I take a deep breath, and the scent of lavender fills my nose. 
is sitting on the edge of the bed, fully erect. I drop my towel. Come here. Turn over. I look behind me and see him staring at my ass with earnest. He massages my cheeks with his massive hands. I rest my head on a pillow nearby and enjoy the ministration. I relax as I feel him spread them apart. I was in anticipation, excited to feel his fingers inside me once more. (sighs) Something wet and hot just stroked itself against my entrance. I look back and see his tongue hanging near my ass. Is something wrong? That's not your finger! Yes, it's not. Is that a problem? You're going to... Have you never tried rimming before? Huh? What's rimming? His eyes widen and a huge grin appears on his face. For a moment I'm frightened because I've never seen him look so excited before. I can't believe no one ever... Please, let me be your first. I... you're going to lick... down... there? Listen, I'm no blushing virgin and I've heard talk of such things, but I never had a guy want to... do that to me. Yes, but only if you want me to. But trust me, you will love it. Fine, I'll try it just this once. I rest my head back down on the pillow and wait for him to continue. This actually doesn't feel that bad. My ass seems to have nerves that I didn't even know were there. Oh, God, his tongue, he just stuck in it. It's going in. I can feel it swirling around. Oh, fuck. Ask. (laughs) He's actually laughing? Damn him and his thick, long, beautiful tongue. With each thrust, the wet appendage circles inside me, stroking the flesh that tries to cling on to it. He hits it. He finally hits it. I claw the sheets and bite on my pillow. The only thing preventing me from thrashing about on the bed like a madman is Brask's tight grip on my legs. The sensation's too much. I reach down and stroke myself. It feels so good. 
I push my ass further into his face as I feel my balls tighten. Bask! Bask! So, did you enjoy? We keep this plan going for months, carrying out an escort mission once a week so we can just spend a night together. Everything was going great. Until... Officer Perez. Oh, Daphne. What brings you to headquarters? I needed to talk to you about a certain situation. If it's something important, you need to go to the front desk first. No, this isn't officer-related. Oh, well, then you went to tell me after work? This is really important. It's just that I'm about to go to lunch right now and- I know that you and Captain Nakamura are sleeping with monsters. You know what? Let's talk. Captain, would you mind coming to the office with us, please? How did you find out? I should be feeling nervous, or at the very least scared, and yet I don't. Strangely enough, I feel calm and relaxed. Like a weight I hadn't even realized I was carrying is now off me. If anything, Daphne looks like the one who is the most frightened here. The grip on the skirt of her dress is tight, her bottom lip is red from chewing on it so much, and she's attempting to make eye contact with anything in the room that's not us. Well, I had help figuring it out. The Queen mentioned how often you two were going to the clinic recently. She mentioned that you either had new partners or were just enjoying life. I also have a friend in Morimitsu. What? He mentioned how he could smell you on one of the offices over there. That means nothing. I do escort missions with him. Yes, but he said that if that was only what it was, it wouldn't smell so strong. He calls it the scent of lovers. Each of the partner's scents seems to mix with each other after multiple times of coupling. Okay. So we're sexually active and your friend's friend smells different? That's not enough to go off of. Yeah, well, what really clued us in was your, um, rope. Your, um, hobbies aren't exactly a secret within the kingdom, especially not with our queen, and... Well, my friend said he glimpsed rope tied across another of his friend's back when she went to reach for something. Rope that had your initials on them. Why do you have... Rope with your initials on them. Branding is everything, Angel. <sighs> so, you plan on turning us in? What? No! I don't want to do that. 
Then why tell us, you know? Because... because I want to see him. My friend, that is. Have you and this friend... Yes. I don't understand. How did you two even meet? I was doing a show in a city not too far from here. I had just missed the carriage that brought humans to Kijijimura. The next human-only carriage wouldn't be available until the day after. So I took one that wasn't human-only. We met that night on the wagon, and it was... magical. By the gods. Who isn't fucking a monster around here? We've been communicating since then by using keep-a-secret paper. He says he will talk to his friends, too, to see if they can figure out a way to get me over there. I don't know, Daphne. Just requesting to do an escort mission for Pascal was hard enough. Yeah. And they got a prince over there who doesn't really care for humans. What if we're unable to get you over there? Oh. Then I guess I just won't be able to see him. But I at least want to try. She looks how I felt when I was leaving Basque for the first time. Fuck. We've got a problem. I know. Asmodeus confronted me this morning. What do we do? I don't know. It's already hard enough doing this once a week. I can only imagine how stressful it will be doing it two times. Yeah, I know, but... But? But we need to find a way. The way she talked about meeting him, it just reminded me of us. Uh... Hey, stop it. This isn't me being emotional. I just want to help a friend. Also, if we pull this off, that means we'll be able to see each other more. I might even be over there when it's your birthday next month. I mean, it's fine if you don't want me over there, then. I understand if you might have plans with your friends. No. I want you here. I really want you here. I've been thinking about it for weeks now. How you would not be here for it. So when you mentioned that there might be a chance, I was a bit too excited to respond. Sorry. Oh, uh, that's fine. Um, what do you want for your birthday? Nothing. No, seriously. I mean it. The only thing I want for my birthday is you. Oh my gods, you're such a cornball smog. Hey, I'm being serious. I know you are, and that's what makes it worse. You sound like a character from one of Daphne's plays. <gasps> I have an idea. You want to go over to Morimitsu to do what now? I want to go over to teach monsters, well, a monster, the skills and techniques of drama. I look at the council. They look concerned, but no outright objections. Yet. I stare at the queen trying to get a read on her. Nothing about her expression or body language gives anything away. The most she does is rub at the scarf around her neck, which is just a habit of hers. I understand you want to teach your craft, but to send you over into monster territory, it's way too dangerous, especially for something so minor as acting. Minor? 
So the arts aren't important? No, that, that's not what I meant. The arts are important, but how does it benefit humans to have you teach monsters the craft? Escort missions are usually only done when each side hopes to gain something from it. Um, well... History. I'm sorry? I said history. No offense, your highness, but I noticed a lack of accuracy in our education system. Voyager Hamid didn't find this land by himself. He had the help of an orc named T. Chul. Monsters didn't cause the blackout disease years ago. A sick house cat did. Also, we've been cooking the nation's dish dragon buns wrong. The ingredient is supposed to include a monster herb called moon tears that makes the bread possess the right amount of sweetness. Where did you hear all this? I learned them all being over in Morimitsu. We may not like each other, but we need to come to terms with the fact that we share a deep history with one another. A history we should all know. And this monster, Cherry, I believe, she will provide this vast amount of unknown knowledge? Maybe not so vast, but she is a secretary at the monster headquarters. She has access to records on war, soldiers, and possibly even some information on old human weaponry. Council? <sighs> okay. We have decided. We will allow your escort mission. <gasps> yes! Asmodeus looks at Daphne as if she is his light, and Daphne looks at him as if he was the greatest play ever created. Asmodeus. Daphne. They kiss each other in the open, and we allow it. It's only fair. Asmodeus is as tall as Basque, but with a larger frame. His black beard added on with huge gray horns makes him look like the definition of the devil. Yet despite his appearance, he gently kisses Daphne, caressing her back as he holds her slim body against his massive one. They break apart and smile at each other like teens who had just finished fondling. Let's go. It's almost the same as last time. We stop by headquarters, we sign the papers, only this time we have a different meeting location. Is Asmodeus, like, super rich or something? His house is huge! He's related to a great commander. During the war, she took down more than a hundred troops and was given land and money in return. Cool. I mean, the part about killing my species isn't cool, but I must give respect where respect is due. The door comes into view and... God damn it! <sighs> <sighs> The royal pain in the ass is standing there, too. And surprise, surprise, he doesn't look happy. What would your ancestor say if she could see you now? Bringing humans into your home after she spent years making sure they never stepped foot on this land. I believe she would be pleased, your highness. As tough as a soldier as she was, she cared more about friendship than the bloodshed of men. Sherry's home cannot fit such a large amount of people. So I offered my home as a place for her to practice. Ah, yes. The succubus. She's the one to blame for this infestation. The prince turns his heated gaze towards Sherry, who just stares daggers right back. 
I mean, I hate the guy, but I can't help but be concerned for him. I just slowly put my hands over my crotch. Your Highness, please. The quicker we go inside, the faster we'll be out of sight and out of mind. I'm not a fool. I know something is going on here. Like, what is this? Some plan to overthrow the kingdom? Teaming up with the humans you can take down my brother? Uh, for the thousandth time, no one is teaming up with anyone. Ah, then you're working with the Queen. You help take down Morimitsu, and in return you get some nice cushy land in Kijijimura. Gods, why can't this asshole just leave us alone? He takes up the small amount of time I have with Bask every mission. Your Highness, I promise you, I am loyal to this kingdom. I have no nefarious plans to see it destroyed or turn my back on it. I just want to carry out this escort mission. Please, let me. No. Uh... You're up to something. I can just feel it. You're... What's that? What? That... That thing you're eating. What is it? Uh, 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 apple? Honeycrisp, to be specific. It looks so ripe. And delicious. The prince stares at the fruit like a starved dog staring at a piece of steak. Do they not have fruit here? If she gives it to you, will you leave us alone? Huh? Really? I, I mean, I, I... No. No. Why would I want it anyway? It's got disgusting human germs on it. I have more in my satchel. I was planning on sharing. Oh! He snatches all five apples with lightning quick speed. The way he has them gathered in his arms makes him look like a mother bird guarding her eggs. Fine. I'll leave. For now. Ugh. Humans. Oh, those were Lyric's special apples, too. Let's go inside before he comes back. Whoa! This was a luxurious house! White linoleum floors, spiraling staircase in the middle of the room, a Roomba? Asmodeus, your house is so lovely. Thank you, my dear. I had it cleaned just yesterday for your arrival. Please, allow me to show you around. And show us he did. He took us to his pool, his unbelievably huge kitchen. He even took us to a stable where he kept his pet Pegasus. However, I couldn't help notice that during the tour, he wasn't talking to us as a group. His attention was mainly focused on Daphne. His eyes were always on her. His hand never left the side of her back. He listened to every word that left her lip. It's interesting seeing the two of them interact with each other. They've only seen each other once before, yet they communicate and touch one another like a couple who's been together for years. I look beside me and see a frown on Basque's face. What's wrong? Hmm? Oh, uh, nothing. Come on, blue eyes, tell me what's wrong. I see the way you marvel at Asmodeus's house, and I just... I can never impress you in such a way. What? Oh, Basque, you don't need to worry about that. Yeah, just dig a hole in your backyard, let it rain, and call it a pool. 
You'll never realize the difference. Cherry, be nice. Anyway, his house is cool, but I love your cabin. It's cozy and nice. Besides, if you didn't own that cabin, we probably would have never gotten to know each other as we do now. He smiles at me and then grabs my hand. A part of me also wants to mention the reality of the situation. What's the point of worrying about the way a house looks when we will never be able to live under the same roof? And here is our final stop. The room we enter is just about as large as, well, every other room we just came across. However, what makes this room different is the huge mattresses, sheets, and pillows covering the floor. <laughs> is this the room you use for your sleepovers? Asmodeus. A sheepish smile appears in the demon's face. He then gently wraps his hands around one of Daphne's wrists and pulls her close to him. Basque. You do not understand how much I appreciate what you have done for me today. Daphne and I always talked about meeting each other again, but we never thought. Daphne smiles up at him before wrapping her arms around his waist and resting her head on his chest. Daphne is one of the best actors I have ever seen. She lives, eats, and breathes for the stage. But not even on stage have I ever seen her as comfortable and relaxed as I see her now. I wish... I wish to enact an orgium bomb. <gasps> Asmodeus, are you serious? What's an orgium bond? It's something done between monsters to show their loyalty to one another. It's considered the highest form of friendship among monsters. You know a lot about this. Have you done it already? Oh, no, but Asmodeus wrote to me about it before we met today, and I, um, agreed to do it. So... What do you have to do? Not just me. Us. All of us. We must all have sex in this room together. What? It doesn't have to be together together. We just all need to have sex within a few inches of one another. I turned to Vesta to see if she was hearing the same thing as me, but she doesn't notice my glance. Instead, she's staring down at Sherry, whose cheeks are as pink as her hair right now. Is this something you would be interested in? Yeah, yes Huh. I agree to take part in the bond. Basque? I won't lie. I am honored that Asmodeus would request a bond with me. But if this is something you don't feel comfortable with, then I have no problem declining it. Yes, Angel, you don't have to take part in this if you don't want to. I just thought it would be a, um, fun thing to do, since we're all kind of in the same boat. Yeah, it's not like anyone wants to see your bony butt anyway. Hey! My derriere is as round as a peach! Also, don't act like you wouldn't want an extra pair of eyes watching you. Her cheeks turn even pinker, but her mouth stays closed. Angel? I don't think I'm ready for a full-out orgy yet. But as long as we're not touching each other, I guess I'm okay with it. Yes, thank you. Um... Can we start now? It's just that it's been so long since Daphne and I... Basque looks at me. Well, it's not like we came here to bake cookies. The two kiss with a hunger that must have been building for years. Daphne's slim fingers unbutton his uniform, and his giant hands pull down her dress. I let out a surprised <laughs> gasp as I feel Basque's warm mouth on my neck. 
don't focus only on them. You're making me jealous. <laughs> Sorry. In the corner of my eyes, I see Vesta and Sherry already naked and laying down on the mattress nearby. I fall to my knees and pull down Basque's shorts. I give the head of his cock a light suck before swallowing it whole. Oh, I swear your mouth is a gift from above. I look over to Asmodeus and Daphne as I continue to pleasure Basque. They're both naked now, save for the silk panties Daphne still wears. Asmodeus grinds his thick shaft against her rear as he rubs the outline of the cock that bulges against the white undergarment. You look just as beautiful as the day we met. Deus. He kisses his way down her back until he's kneeling on the floor. Grabs a hold of her panties and pushes them down. Oh, my love. I just want you so badly, and I didn't want to waste any time. So... I understand. He gently reaches inside her. Uh, uh, he pulls out a black plug before carelessly tossing it aside. Uh, uh, he uh, then fingers her. Slow and deep. I suck on Basque harder, massaging his balls as I do. Jerry, I... yes. I look over to the two girls and see Sherry lavishing Vesta's clit with her tongue. She pauses to give me a smirk before going back to mouthing the pink knob. Annoyed... I take Basque deeper into my throat. Guards! I continue massaging his balls as my other hand joins my mouth, stroking his shaft every time my lips rise back to his head. I send a challenging glare to Cherry. The succubus picks up on it and inserts two fingers inside Vesta. She moves them in a circular motion as she pumps the digits in and out of Vesta's lips. All while still sucking on her clitoris. Angel! I force him to push forward as I bury my nose in his groin. I concentrate on breathing through my nose as I push my head back and forth. Yes, gods. I swirl my tongue around his head every time I move up and suck hard around his shaft as I go down. I was about to look over to Sherry and give her a smirk. Or at least the best smirk one can give when deep-throating. Yes, Deus, please. My eyes turn towards the lovers to see they're both on the ground. Daphne is lying back flat on the mattress as Asmodeus towers over her. Asmodeus's cock looks desperate with need as it hovers near Daphne's entrance. Oh. <sighs> Daphne. I look in awe yes. as the demon's thick shaft sinks into her thin body. Enough. Basque pulls himself out of my mouth and then joins me on the ground. He kisses me from my cheek to neck, making his way down to my stomach. From the top, he smiles at me before grabbing me and placing me on top of him. I lean down to kiss him as I position his cock near my ass. You always feel so amazing. 
ever the flatterer. <laughs> I lay seated on his pelvis. I wiggle around a bit, just to make sure nothing's or. Don't do that unless you're ready for me to move. What's wrong? A little orgy got you too excited there, Scales? <laughs> he thrust upward, causing me to hold onto his hips as visions of white flash before my eyes. Bastard! <laughs> you started it. I bride him, meeting him with each thrust. As I lean my head back, my eyes rest on Vesta and Sherry's mattress. Sherry is now sitting on Vesta's lap, her body shaking as Vesta fingers her. He's watching the... Make sure you put on a good show. Sherry opens her eyes to stare at me. It's hard to tell what she thinks with her glazed-over eyes and reddened face. She then smiles and pushes herself against Vesta's fingers, looking me dead in the eyes as she does. I move faster on Basque. Fucking myself fast and deep as I try to match the euphoric expression on Sherry's face. Asmodeus's hips seem to move in a blur, as he fucks Daphne with a speed that could only be done thanks to his demonic nature. She grips tightly on the sheets below her as she moans in pure ecstasy. Fuck. I stroke myself to the scene. Ask grabs my hips and pounds into me with a speed that matches Asmodeus. I look back at Vesta's and Sherry's mattress and see the two have changed positions. Sherry is laying flat on the mattress, legs wrapped around Vesta's waist as Vesta rubs her foot against hers. God, you're so beautiful. Shit. I don't know if it's from watching others, but I feel myself about to come. Ask. He knocks my hand away and replaces it with his. The stimulation from his callous paw is all I need to send me over the edge. Something about my release feels more intense than usual, like I'm coming six times over. feel Basque shoot inside me. I can tell his release was huge, as I can already feel it dripping out of me. I smile at him and lean my body over to kiss him, but before I can even do that, I feel my balls tighten again. I look at Basque in shock. He just stares at me with a knowing expression on his face as he thrusts into me again. I look over to Sherry and Vesta's mattress and see the two linking fingers as they come against each other. As I watch Vesta kiss Sherry's cheeks, I feel it happening. continues to stroke me as I feel him fill me once again. That was weird. I was about to pull off a Basque, 
But then I felt it again. He looks at me tenderly and caresses my face. One more time. I know you can do it. With his encouragement, I write him again. I turn my dazed eyes towards Asmodeus and Daphne. The demon is slamming so hard into her. I'm worried if she'll be able to perform for next week's play. However, by the look on her face, I don't think she minds it. Theus, I... Yes, me too, love. Exhausted, I fall into Basque's chest. Basque's cock finally goes limp and slips out of me. Did you guys feel that too? With much effort, I raise my head up to look up at Vesta. Looks how I feel. Yeah, what the hell was that? Uh, uh, it was the bond. By sharing each other's orgasms, we have become closer. Is this going to be an ordinary occurrence? Yeah, I don't want to be washing dishes and then suddenly creaming my pants. <laughs> no, this will be the only time. He then leans up and kisses me. You did beautifully. Warmth spread through my chest. The bond doesn't mean much to me, but I'm glad I could make him happy by doing it. He wraps his arms around me and rolls our bodies to the side. I don't even bother to move from his embrace as I feel his cum-covered stomach rub against me. I'm happy for them. I couldn't imagine what it'd be like to be separated from Basque for so long. Are you sure you don't want anything for your birthday? I told you. I already have it. I smile before closing my eyes. I think this new arrangement will work out great. My erection bobs in the air as the vibrator moves at a teasing pace. For maybe the fifteenth time, I attempt to reach for my cock, only to once again be reminded that my hands are bound. I still can't believe you bought it. He's near the table. My eyes rake down his beautiful brown body before stopping at his cock. It bobs just as shameless as mine's, but maybe not as desperate. I've been forced to watch him get himself off twice now, while I haven't been permitted to come even once. Captain Basque going into a seedy sex shop and asking for a bondage table? My, my, what will the kingdom think? Gods, I used to find his cocky personality so annoying, but now here I am getting off on it. He 
goes underneath the table and I resist letting out a desperate whimper. I feel his hand stroke my tail through the whole of the table. My body is so on edge. Even him caressing my tail feels good to me. Which is going to be annoying. You got all other magic to
You did great, sweetie. I smile. So, would you be interested in doing that again? Definitely. The next time I need a cock ring. (laughs) Noted. Looks like the girls were right. We'll have to thank them. Yeah, maybe we should give Sherry a pink heart-shaped ball gag as thanks. Well, you'll have to give it to her. Hey, she'll warm up to you eventually. I tried to kill her, Basque. Yes, but back when you were a monster-hating human, you should try apologizing now that you've changed. Yeah. Sorry for trying to kill you. Just hated your kind and was just doing my job and all. But now that I've discovered Dragon Dick, I'm completely a changed man. Friends? Look, I'm not saying she'll forgive you. She may never, and that's her right. But whether that's the case, you still owe her an apology. And maybe once you apologize, she'll lay off you. A bit. You're right, but I'm not good with the whole... Let's sit down and have a heart-to-heart thing. I'm not really the touchy-feely type. My eyes gestured to the blanket we're underneath where he has his arms wrapped around me. This is different. I'm only doing it because it's proper aftercare. I recall many times where Angel was quite handsy with me outside of sex. But I remained silent. I'll let him have his pride for now. But... I'll try it. Maybe have Vesta talk to her first before going in guns a-blazing. We should go to bed. Yeah, Glue Boy nearly had a breakdown the last time we were late. I think he's in love with her. What? Elmer? In love with who? If it's Vesta, he's out of luck. She only likes girls, and besides... I don't know how his body would work BDSM-wise. Not Elmer. Pascal, I'm with Dr. Coor. Oh, are you sure? No, I don't have any definite proof, but... I've known him for a long time. I know his mannerisms, social life, and character, and I just... have never seen him act like this before. He talks about her more than he does his research now. And the way he looks at her every time she visits. It's the same way Asmodeus and Daphne look at each other. The same way I've noticed Vesta and Sherry starting to look at each other. The same way I look at... Well, even if that's the case, we don't have to worry about it. Bee's ace, remember? And Elmer's guarding them at night. They would have no way of being intimate with each other even if they wanted to. I know, but... Nope. No worrying over things that won't happen. If you want to talk, let's talk about birthday plans for next week. Plans? Yeah, I mean, you must want more than going over to Demon Boy's house just to eat cake and have sex. Not that I'm complaining about the latter. (laughs) Do I have to have plans? Yes! Do you want a theme? Type of music? Gifts? I told you. I know, Hiram. But just pretend with me. If you could have anything for your birthday... Do anything. What would it be? I want to go to Inland. Ooh, Inland? Yes, and visit New Bangkok. 
You know, I heard the technology they have there is even more advanced than Kijijimura's. They've recreated something called a metro. I want to ride it. Yeah, but that's probably only in the human district. You said pretend. Fine, go on. We could all go to a Thai restaurant and maybe visit a historic landmark afterward. Like the Red Fort with the Grand Palace. Nerd. And then we could go shopping in Janpath. Well, have fun shopping with Cherry and Asmodeus, because I'm pretty sure that's the monster side. Pretend. Fine, I go shopping with you in Janpath. I might stop and take pictures of the houses there. They're really beautiful, and I've always wanted to live in them. Really? Well, I'll buy one of the houses there for you. You're going to buy a house in another country on your birthday? Prince. Yes, yes, I know. And this house you buy, what does it look like? Well, what do you want it to look like? Nothing big, but better than the apartment I live in now. I want it to be at least a two-story house, installed with the best solar panels and money can buy. And it has to have a door with a frame big enough to allow you in. I can crouch. Yeah, but I don't want you to have to keep crouching to get into our house. Our? I mean, I just, I was just, it, it doesn't have to... And where would you like our house located? Near the river? The market? I would like it near my new job, so I wouldn't have to travel as far. New job? Yeah, I've always wanted to be an officer, but not for life. And since this happened, I've been having mixed feelings about the job. So what would you like to do instead? I rest my face on top of his head. The earthy aroma of his shampoo fills my nose and reminds me of that dream I had so many months ago. Well, you constantly persisting I cook something for you every time I visit has made me conjure up the strange idea that I should be a chef. You should. You're great at it. Yeah, but a chef seems too clinical for me. Maybe I'll think about being a baker. I'm sure our kids would love it. My heart beats. Yeah, our kids. Bask, you know we can never... I lace my finger with his. Yeah, I know. Jerry's address is on the drawer. I'll go handle Vex. Hopefully it's nothing serious. Prince Vex, I... My words stop as soon as I see he's not alone. He's surrounded by a group of Afisas, one of which is Elmer, who seems to be avoiding eye contact with me. 
Next to him is Pascal and B, who look just as ashamed and with their hands shackled. What's going on? The smile that grows on his face makes my stomach turn. <laughs> you tell me, Captain. Want to explain why you left a new trainee to guard an escort mission by himself? He wasn't by himself the whole time, just at night. I was confident he could handle it. Well, you thought wrong. Whoa, what's with the crowd? Ah, good. The human is here. You're just as responsible for this mess as he is. Mess? Where is the other one? Uh, she's coming, just getting herself dressed. Fine. I guess I just had to tell this lovely story twice, then. I decided to randomly drop by our doctor's house here. See if everything was going okay, of course. So, I walk up that ridiculously long tree, and before I even get to the door, I see something. Through the window, I spot them. Wrapped in each other's arms, kissing in the tree. K-I-S-S-I-N-G? Yes. I don't understand. B, I thought you said you were ace. Yes, but... Ace doesn't mean arrow, you dits. Elmer, what happened? I'm sorry, sir. I should have told you when it happened the first time. About a few months ago, I started falling asleep during my watches. I can't explain why. Us Uzis stay awake for long hours, but during my watch, I would always get sleepy, even if I took the nap the day before. I was too embarrassed to tell you, and I didn't think it was that serious since nothing happened when I went to sleep. At least, I thought nothing happened. I must come clean. I have an explanation for our friend's sudden narcolepsy. I... I just wanted to spend more time with her. Pass. One day a week. One day? That wasn't enough for me. She's so... And I... I used a plant to make him go to sleep. Every time you three would leave, I would offer Elmer a drink. Inside the drink was Niant. Once he was out, I would take the key off him and open B's door. And we would just talk. At first, when morning came, I would lock her back inside and place the key back on Elmer without him being any of the wiser. We weren't doing anything bad. We- Enough! You've committed one of the worst crimes in our kingdom. A monster and a human falling in love. If you must punish anyone, punish me. B never claimed she was in love with me. Pass, that's not true. I said enough. We will take you both to my brother, and he will decide your punishment. Hopefully, he'll grow a backbone and execute you two right on the spot. Vex! Prince Vex. You have a lot of nerve being so sharp with me. Do you even understand the amount of trouble you're in? I doubt you'll stay captain after this. Hell, I think you'll even be booted from headquarters. You son of a- Angel, stop. Angel? What the- <sighs> Sorry, I'm late. Why were you in the back? Is that a leaf in your hair? Yeah, I, I was just... doing stuff. What's... what's going on? 
I told you. I told you this would happen. You let the humans in, and this is what you get. We must all look ridiculous. Standing in the council room, looking nervous and scared. Like a bunch of kids who just got their hands caught in the cookie jar. Yes, brother. I get it. You were right. So, you're gonna execute them, right? The joy in his voice makes me want to strangle him. I have no authority to kill a human here. I must send her back to Kijijimura, and they'll punish her. What? They'll just let her off like they did the last two. It's the rule, Vex. Kill her here, and I'm asking for war. Fine. Execute the bird, then. My fist tightens. Vex. What? We're allowed to kill him. He betrayed the treaty. Our kingdom. He deserves to die. You're talking about a fellow monster here. He stopped being a monster when he fell in love with that over-evolved ape. It's not that easy. What do you mean it's not that easy? Hang him, poison him, slit his throat. Just kill him. No! It's to send a man to death just because, just because two people, people who are different from one another, fall in love. We're forced to kill them. And why? Because some thousand-year-old paper tells us to. But it's the law. Pascal will be sentenced to jail until I decide what to do with him. The human and the others will return to Kijijimora. I will alert Queen Amani of her crimes, and she will handle it from there. I am also calling off all escort missions. My heart sinks. And what about Basque? The Council and I will get together and decide the punishment of Captain Basque in a few days. I understand, Your Highness. Basque. I'm sorry. The walk back to the tunnel is one of the most depressing and embarrassing walks I've ever had to take. We walk in silence. Horrible, loud silence. I want to speak to Angel. I don't know what I want to say, but I want to say something. But he's walking ahead of me. Walking ahead of us all. As if on purpose. I don't know if he's mad at me for putting Elmer in charge or just trying to stay away from me to avoid having to deal with the reality of the situation. <sighs> Will I at least be allowed to know what happens to him? I'm afraid not. We get to the door and I realize that this might be my last chance to speak with him. Angel! He faces me and my heart is torn in two. No tears stained his cheeks, but I can tell that won't last. His brilliant hazel eyes were already starting to water. I have never seen him cry. In fact, I've never even witnessed him be sad. And yet here he is in front of me, about to break down. And I can't do anything about it. 
I can't take him back to my house to console him. I can't wrap him in my arms and tell him everything will be okay. I will never be allowed to do those things. Makes me think about all the other emotions I'll miss out on. What... What's going on? Let's... give them a moment. I guess I won't be able to make it to your birthday after all. Angel, I don't know what to say. I never felt so powerless. There's a chance the king could change his... No, you know he won't. Especially not with that brother of his. I'll write to you every day. Don't. What? Don't. Don't. I won't be able... I know I'm being a selfish asshole, but the thought of only being able to be with you through letters will drive me insane. Asmodeus and Daphne may be able to do it, but I can't. I respect your wish. You always do, you big softy. <laughs> I don't know what the hell's wrong with me. I don't know why I'm... It was, it was just sex. You know it wasn't just that. You're right. It stopped being just that a long time ago. Ask... I... I kiss him. I kiss him because if he let those words flow out, there will be no stopping me. If he tells me those three words, I'll go marching back to the castle sword in hand. I'll slay everyone in my path. Kill everyone who agrees with that dumb treaty that forces us apart. Hell, part of me wants to do it regardless of what he says. But I don't. Because if I do, I know he'd follow me. And I can't allow him to get hurt. You have to go. I, I don't... I don't want to. I know. But you have to. We stood there in silence for I don't know how long. Our fingers entwined and our foreheads resting against each other. Until finally he moves. I don't even bother to walk up and watch him leave. I don't think I could handle it.
Hi. How have you been doing? <sighs> Honestly, horrible. I feel like my entire world has been taken from me. I've been in so many back alley fights and endured physical hardship in my training, but never have I felt a pain like this. And you know what's strange? I asked myself if I could go back in time and stop myself from bringing him into my house. Bring him to headquarters like I was supposed to. If I did that knowing it would cause me to avoid the pain I'm feeling now, would I do it? No. The answer is always no. <laughs> Isn't that ridiculous? No. It's not. Do you know how he is? I mean, has Vesta mentioned anything? I don't know a lot. She barely knows anything herself. She's been busy trying to get out of the fire since the incident. She hasn't heard from him since. I see. We've been talking. Vesta and I don't think it's fair. We continue to see each other when you and the others can't. We're going... Don't. But... No. It's okay. You don't have to sacrifice your happiness just because we're miserable. Ask. I'm so sorry. If I had never flown across that wall, you wouldn't be feeling this right now. What I did was wrong. And now I've caused everyone pain. But that's just it, Sherry. I don't think any of us did something wrong. Sir? Yes, what is it? You must report to entrance of the castle immediately. Uh, so they finally decided my punishment. No, sir, it's an emergency. Everyone at headquarters must go. Even you, Katibu Cherry. Huh? The crowd is huge, filled with mostly Ephesas and onlookers. They stare at the castle steps in confusion, and I join them in their bewilderment. On the top of the steps is an Ephesa standing behind a kneeling figure that is facing the crowd. The person's hands and feet are tied behind their backs. They wear nothing but a pair of black pants and a burlap sack that covers their face. I have no way of telling who the person is, but whoever they are, they must not have went down easily. Their physique is quite muscular, and even kneeling, I can tell that their full height might match mine. Prince Vex walks out of the castle doors, and I instantly know whatever is about to happen won't be good. Prince Vex, may I ask what's going on? It's King Vex now. What? My people, I regret to inform you that my brother has betrayed you all. He gestures at the Ephesa, who then quickly pulls off the burlap sack covering the kneeling figure's head. 
King Jamal. Vex, what is the meaning of this? Calm down, Afisa Basque. I will answer your questions soon enough. My people, notice the flag that hangs from the castle walls. The crescent moon within that fabric. Many of you may not know the reason why such a symbol was chosen to represent our lovely kingdom, but I do. You see, when us were hyenas mate with someone for life, we mark them with a special symbol. Think of it as a wedding ring, but in tattoo form. As I am not fully were hyena, I am unable to create this mark. However, my brother is, and the bite symbol that runs in his family is the crescent moon, the same image you see above us now. Bring her out here. Another Afisa walks out of the castle with a woman in tow. Her skin is dark and her braided hair is long. I feel sorry for this woman as I watch her try to struggle out the Afisa's grip. Sorry, because I now realize how serious this situation has become. Because despite only having seen that woman in painting and pictures, I know who she is. Is... is that the queen? Behold! Vex flings away a group of braids that was covering the woman's neck, and the crowd gasps. I don't, however, because I've already suspected what would be there. On the woman's neck, like a faded tattoo, is the image of the crescent moon. Lyric? Ah, Angel, my favorite customer. Where have you been? I feel like I haven't seen hide nor hair of you for days now. Was almost worried you got lost again. Oh, I've been... They put me on temporary leave since the incident. Oh, yeah. I remember hearing about that. Sounds rough, but hey, you're in uniform now. Apparently, something big is happening at headquarters and all offices need to report there immediately. But enough about me. What about you? Your whole stand is packed up. Yeah, I'm getting ready to leave. Leave? Well, I am a traveling merchant. Yeah, but this seems sudden. You didn't even offer any closing sales or anything. What's going on? (sighs) I feel like... Something is about to happen with this kingdom. Whether that is something bad or good, I don't know. What? Lyric, I'm an officer. If you feel like you're in danger, just tell me. No. Like I said, I don't know if this change is going to be dangerous. But I feel like it's in my best interest to leave regardless. So you're leaving on a hunch? My feelings never let me down. You're a nice guy, Angel. And great business. I hope we meet again one day.
In all my years of being in Akasa, I've never seen headquarters be in such a state of pure chaos. Vesta, what's going on? Good. You got my messenger bird. I'm sorry. At first I think she's talking about Basque, but then I notice the daunt expression that briefly runs across her face. What the hell is going on? Afisas, at attention. Some of you weren't here when we received the message, so I will repeat it for you. About three hours ago, Queen Amani was captured and is now held hostage in Morimitsu. What? How did she even get over there? We're not sure. How do we know she's even there? This could be some kind of prank. The Queen has been missing from the castle since this morning. The message sent from Morimitsu also included one of the Queen's scarves. We are using this as confirmation that Morimitsu has her captured. You keep saying captured, but aren't they going to send her over to us? King Jamal- There is no longer a King Jamal. As of three hours ago, King Vex has been in charge of Morimitsu. What? In the message, it was stated that King Jamal and Queen Amani are married. I open my mouth to say something, but nothing comes out. My vocal cords are just in a state of shock as the rest of my body. At least, by where hyena standards. This, of course, goes against the treaty. And they have dethroned King Jamal. And worse yet, the new king, King Vex, wants to use this as an excuse to end the treaty. Enough! We have no proof whether the king and queen's marriage is true. But even if it is, we still have a duty to carry out. The queen should be judged for her crimes here, not Morimitsu. We are ordered to storm the kingdom and bring her back unharmed. And I don't believe Morimitsu will make things easy for us. Pack your weapons. We'll storm the gate in 20 minutes. Vesta, are we going to war? Her eyes cast downward, and I know my answer. I'm sorry. I have already alerted Kijijimura to their queen's treason. I have also alerted them that I will not be returning her to them. Brother. Silence! I am the king now, so you will listen to me. I knew it. I told you all. Humans would be the downfall of this kingdom. But you all laughed. Don't listen to the half-blood. He's just a fool. And you, my brother, agreed with them. Vex, I never... You have to understand... I said silence! I first realized it when that bird was discovered with his little human harlot. I couldn't understand why you refused to execute him. You are the great and powerful king. You're supposed to carry out the law. Protect our people. I wanted to write it off as you being soft-hearted as always, but I couldn't. 
Your outrage at the mere mention of execution. It was just too personal. So, I did what I had to do to find out the truth. Unfortunately, I had to deal with a couple of witches, but I got what I needed. Please, brother, don't hurt her. It's not what you think. Ha! Caught with your pants literally down and you still attempt to play the fool. No. I admit to you all that I am and have always been in love with Queen Amani. (gasps) Jamal. But that does not mean she feels the same way for me. Yes, she carries my mark, but that means nothing. I... No, Jamal, stop. The mark on my neck is one I took willingly. It's a mark I wanted because I love your king. That's right. We love each other, and there is nothing wrong with that. The treaty is a thousand-year-old paper that was created in a time of hate and ignorance. We've grown so much since then. We can leave it in harmony with each other. We don't need a wall to separate us. Hear how the human lies, attempting to change your beliefs and views, as she must have done with my brother. If there is anyone here, those walls hurt the most. It's you, Vex. I beg your pardon? You're just as human as you are a monster, no matter how much you try to deny it. I know of your struggles. You can't transform as your brother can. You're unable to eat certain foods common to a monster's palate. Your sense of smell is about as powerful as a human's. Who told you? Your brother. He cares about you. Always has. He also wants to end the rule of a treaty, and not just because it will allow us to be together, but because it could help you as well. I know it couldn't have been easy growing up as the only half-monster in Morimitsu. Never really fitting in, not knowing what your body can and can't do. In Kijijimura, we have the tech to help you understand how your body works. We can even do a blood test to track down your real power. Enough! How dare you insinuate that I would ever want help from- Stop! Please, King, you've made your point. Yes, I agree. I turn around and see Asmodeus behind me. His beard has become scraggly. His uniform was covered in wrinkles. Huge dark circles hung under his eyes. He had taken the ban on escort missions just as hard, or maybe even harder. We understand the seriousness of this situation, but there is no need for violence. Ah, but that's where you're wrong. Did you forget that I alerted Kijijimura that we have their queen? I'm sure they're getting ready to storm the kingdom as we speak. Just hand her over to them. No. You see, as much as it pains me to say this, I agree with our little dark-haired beauty over here. I think it's time we get rid of the treaty. I think it's time for war. War? Vex! You can't- Yes, I can! I finally fucking can! I'm king now, and I will finally do what you should have done years ago! Fine. 
You want to be king? You want to start a war? Fine! But if you're going to do it, then do it right. Kill me. Jamal! What? You heard me. Kill me. Use my death to mark the start of war. What's the matter? You're going to have to kill me regardless, remember? I broke the law. I fell in love with a human. That means I face the ultimate punishment, which is... Death. Exactly. But I don't want you to have an officer or a guillotine to do it. You have to do it. I... I... There are so many of them. Probably over a hundred. Many of them look ready to strike. Despite how serious I know the situation has become, I can't stop myself from scanning the crowd for him. My eyes roam over the wave of human afisas, hoping to spot his sandy complexion or silky raven hair. It's not until they stop marching, mere inches away from me, that I notice him. He's in the front row, a few feet away from Thesta, and looking beautiful as always. His eyes catch mine. He's here! Of course he's here, you idiot! He's an officer of the kingdom you're about to go to war with! It's taking every part of me not to just go over there and kiss him. What I wouldn't do to be in his arms right now. King Vex, we have come to politely ask for the return of our queen. Oh, right. War. Politely? Maybe you humans do it differently, but in Morimitsu, we don't gather up an army of people when we're just asking for a request. Please. Your Highness, we wish for no bloodshed. Allow the Queen to leave with us, and we will cause no trouble. No. Then you are asking for war. She tightens her hands around the sheath of a blade. Will we actually have to fight? So be it. Fine. Have at your... Her face has gone white. She seems frozen in place as she stares wide-eyed at the crowd in front of her. Or, more specifically, at a certain monster in that crowd. Sherry. I almost forgot that she was here. She's standing a few feet away from me, looking both confused and afraid. Captain, do we attack? I... For a moment, I think this might be over. What is he doing? I run towards Sherry, knowing I won't make it in time. <gasps> Sir? Who gave you orders to attack? They're monsters. Aren't we supposed to... I look at the crowd behind me. And they all stare as if I've grown a second head. Well, maybe that's not true, as some of them have two heads themselves. The point is, they clearly never seen a human protect one of their kind before. Sherry, are you okay? Yeah. Angel. I look at Vesta, who seems torn between being relieved that Sherry is okay and furious at the guy that attempted to kill her. I then look at Basque, who is now smiling at me. I, I know, know what I have, I have to, to do. do. I'm sorry, Vesta. 
I can't do this. Ha! See how easy these humans scare? Bask, slay him at once. I'm not fighting either, Vex. What? I won't be fighting in this war because I too have fallen in love with a human. I grab Angel's hand and for the first time in days, I feel whole again. I knew it! I knew there was something going on with those escort missions. Ah, the joys of being right. Well, Asmodeus looks like you just got a promotion. Your first duty as captain is... To admit that I've also fallen in love with a human. What? Her name is Daphne, and I love her with all my being. I... I... I too am in love with a human. What? This is... This is repulsive. Someone, anyone, kill them now! Have you all gone deaf or blind? These people have committed a crime! A... a... a sin! Human or monster, you know what must be done! A human Afisa comes forward, and I quickly pull Angel behind me. Something weird happens. Is he... transforming? Uh, hey everybody. My name is Ish, and as you can tell, I'm a Kushtaka. A few years back, I got curious about what it was like in Kijijimura. So, I transformed into a human and went to find out for myself. There, I fell in love with a beautiful woman, a tinker. She's very good at what she does. The best in the kingdom. She also knows that I'm not human, and doesn't give a damn about it. Wait, you've, been, you've worked at headquarters, and you've been a human this whole time? <laughs> yeah, I know. Y'all's background checks are shit. What now? Yeah, I too wish not to do the whole war thing, mainly because I'm human. He grabs his pointed ears and then pulls them off as easy as an old band-aid. I too was curious about how the other side left, so I popped these babies on and crossed over. But I stayed too long. When I was finally ready to leave, the wall had been built. No, oh, don't worry. It's not all bad. I met a nice guy here. An incubus. I've already revealed to him I'm not a monster, and he accepts me all the same. In fact, he's on the Council of Order and has been wanting to speak on getting rid of the wall for years now. Okay, enough! Enough! This has gone on far too long. Another human steps forward. Are you fucking serious right now? And what are you, a changeling, a tanuki, a fake spirit? Uh, no. Uh, no. I'm just a regular human. <sighs> but since you mention it... I am in a relationship with a ghost. What? Stop! Stop! No more stories! No more confessions! No more! Just for the sake of sanity and to make it easier on me to round you all up! Humans, raise your hand if you are or ever have been in a sexual and or romantic relationship with a monster. 
I watch in shock as more than half of the square raise their hands. Uh, I... How? Monsters? Same question, but with humans. <laughs> that's... That's almost all of you. How? The wall! I have long claws, so I just dig under it. I have wings, so I can just fly over. I I'm made of slime, so I just go through the pipes and pop over to the other side. Elmer? Sorry, Captain. It's alright. It's more than alright. You are all a disgusting! Horrible! I can't... Ugh. He runs down the street. Where? I'm not sure. But that doesn't matter now. Let them go. Y yes. <sighs> Imani. Jamal. Are you two okay? Other than being a little nippy, I'm fine. Get her a blanket. Are you still king? Are you risking to find out? Uh, no, your majesty. A blanket, right away. I interlock my fingers with Basque once again. Gods, I didn't realize how much I'd missed simply touching him. Look at him. Even now, he tries to hide his emotions. Attempting to purse his lips to keep from smiling. Gods, how I've missed him. Angel. Huh? I love you. What? You, you just can't... Oh. oh, well, if you don't feel the same way, I could just take it back. No, I... Uh, I love you, too. Well, it looks like we're gonna have to make some changes in the kingdom. <laughs> I think you mean our kingdom. Gods, Basque, keep this up and I will bend you over that chair. <laughs> <sighs> Doesn't sound like a problem to me. Oh my gods. Can you two take your hands off each other for two seconds? <clears throat> my apologies, Vesta. I swear, I need to carry around a spray bottle. You want to talk? How's Jerry? She's fine. A little worried about being the only monster on Daphne's group of bridesmaids. But I've been coming up with some unique ways to ease her stress. Speaking of which, have you decided what you're going to do for Asmodeus's bachelor party? Well, I suggest we go to an exotic dance bar, but Mr. Killjoy here put the X on that idea. He's not that type of person. He asked us to take part in an orgy. Shh. We are here to see the king and queen. Good. You're all here. Please, come closer to the throne. Sorry for taking so long with arranging this meeting. Things have been pretty wild here, with the unification of the two kingdoms. Which brings us to why we called you all. I personally can't thank you all enough for standing up to my brother. 
Without your actions, we all could have been caught in a never-ending war. Has... has he come back yet? No. It seems he left the kingdom for good. But, now is not the time to linger on sad thoughts. Sad? <laughs> Jamal's right. We wanted to reward you for helping us get rid of a horrible and outdated law. It took us a while to come up with the perfect reward, but we think we finally figured it out. Honey, if you will. Yes. <clears throat> Captain Nakamura, Captain Basque, and Afisa Perez, for your help in tearing down the ban on monsters and human relations, we have decided to strip you of your right to work at headquarters. From here on out, you are no longer Afisa and are banned from the position forever. May I ask, why? Yeah, I thought we did a good. Yes, you did a lot of good. But? You all abused your power. You faked escort missions, lied to your fellow Afisas, and tricked citizens into being involved in your plan. Treaty law or not, those actions aren't justifiable. However, since you guys helped unify the kingdom, we decided to just fire you instead of imprisoning you all. Fired! They actually fired us! Fine with me. I've been thinking about becoming a whip artisan anyway. See you two at the shower. I can't believe it. We stopped a war and everything. <laughs> and what's so funny? You. You're not as angry as you try to let on. I... No, I'm not. What about you? How do you feel about it? Happy. Uh, really? Growing up, they taught me that Ephesus protected the people in the kingdom. But when I became a part of the system, I realized the whole protect part was just code word for making sure humans never came into contact with monsters. It didn't bother me at first until... Until... Until I got to know you. When we started this, I didn't think it would end up being... Well, this. But then I got to know you. Really know you. And I realized I wasn't comfortable working at a job that forced me to keep you away from me. You're blushing. Shut up. So, what do you plan to do now that you're jobless? Write a book about our steamy tryst during the time of the ban? Seeing how well it's working out for Mr. Dryad, I think you can make a lot of money out of it. I think I'll let Histopher keep the title of best-selling novelist for now. I'm thinking about taking a break for a while. Go on a vacation. Maybe take a little inspiring chef with me. New Bangkok is still fighting tooth and nail to keep the band going in their region. Yeah, but there are other places in the world that are now opened up to us. And honestly, as long as I'm with you, I don't care where we go. Ah, you're such a... Hmm? 
I love you too. These years feeding humans in the world. Ah! Whoa there, friend. You seem in rough shape. Do you need any help? No. I've had enough of your kind. Just leave me alone. Oh, come now. Time for changing. Plus... You look like you could use a friend. And food, to be honest. I have all the meats, veggies, fruits you can eat. No charge. Listen, I... Did... Did you say fruit? <laughs>